Blog Talk Radio. Jake Paul and better be a cut. You know, how many other things trended beyond those two things? Um, I guess that's the only issue. There was so much boxing on. Did everybody kind of catch it? And obviously the it's no. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, like I said last week, and I've said this ever since this crazy schedule, probably 2015, 16, 17, ever since it picked up, DAZN came in, top rank got the deal. There's just so much boxing on. And uh, the cool thing was you can pretty much take any, you know, you could take a little piece or a large piece of each card almost. I mean, sure, you know, the better BF Brown undercard, that co-feature was uh, really bad, right? There, there was some other stuff. That, that's that's just normal boxing. I mean, that undercard's maybe that normal boxing, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I mean, of course, Jake Paul knocking out Woodley. You know, I thought the fight started out decently, um, but it got boring pretty quick. Um, <laughs> and he scored a highlight real knockout. Better be up. That was a great fight, Parker. And um, Chisora, I mean, that was a really, really fun fight, dude. Uh, you know, just saw the interview this afternoon with Chisora <laughs> um, in the Russian bathhouse with Coogan, who sounds like he was having fun. Um, his voice, I mean, I, he, he should go get a test. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, by the way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, dude, I mean. Holy shit. Uh, Madrimov got a win. Strange way that came, though, in a sense, right? Um, I attended and, and, you know, covered that PBC on Fox with uh, Morell Jr. That place was bumping per usual. Um, I mean, there's just so Ramirez and Gonzalez. Gonzalez, I would say he turned back the clock, but the guy looks like he, he needs to be in a wheelchair Based off his legs, I'm not trying to be like, hey, he's old, like an old guy, and he's going to die. I'm just saying, like, wow, 
he took a beating, dude. But he kept coming back. A lot of heart shown from actually those two in, in you know in particular. But it turned out to be a pretty damn good weekend, a really great weekend. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start with recap. Obviously, um, there's really not a whole lot you know going on this weekend. Fox has a card. Um, the two white boy card. Okay, my bad. I get away with that though. Um, Melanecki's back. Be interesting to see that crowd. Be interesting to see that rating too. Joey Spencer is on the undercard. I wonder if it's just those two fights. Uh, and I say the rating because there is going to be uh, football before it, NFL. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be a right into it lead-in, but pretty damn close. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway. Um, there is a variety of news. Obviously, some of the best news here, Errol Spence Jr. and your Dennis Ugas, really the fight's back on. You know, we knew that this fight was already scheduled. Was it officially announced? No, but Ugas even came out and said that he had already signed the contract. Um, and then the WBA tried to flip the script a little bit. Um, so, the WBA, I can't say that I can give him a bunch of credit because ultimately it was Thanonius, uh, who, by the way, Butiev, Butayev, or however you say his name, I'm hearing rumors that that's going to be the co-feature. Sign me up. That's a great fight. And we, we kind of said, like, hey, man, why, why doesn't that just happen? You know? Um, and to be fair, like, let's say, you know, Spence comes back. He's okay. Beats Ugas, let's say he fights Crawford, uh, you know, in the fall next year, whatever. Uh, who knows? Maybe he fights Thurman if he's able to come back and then fight Crawford, you know, um, over a year from now. I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is he needed to come back, right? And right when he got injured, he said he was going to come back and get the winner. And uh, so, I don't know. He's been out. He's going to be out of the ring for quite some time. And he's coming off, you know, a torn retina. Now, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, that's for sure, as we can see now, because, uh, you know, it's not like he was out for a year off of that injury, per se. So that's great news. And I know there are folks out there, some of them make some legit points. A lot of them are just Crawford fanboys or just anti-PBC, where they're just like, oh, he's ducking, you know, Crawford and all that. It's just like, dude, think about it, man. Like, why would... Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, Want to see Spence and Crawford next or in 2022? You know, yes, I do. Uh, you know, if they did... Uh, I guess Fox has the Super Bowl next year. If they did, you know, if Spence had two fights, maybe Crawford had a fight or two because he just fought. Um and then they lined it up so they could do Super Bowl commercials or, or at least playoff commercials during the NFL, I'd be willing to take that. Um, and you'd be crazy if not, because that's only going to help it. That's only going to help it. But either way, I'm just happy. And I like that other fight that's being made um, for a secondary belt. Um, we do have a variety of fight news that we'll get to. Of course, we got our boxing Twitter segment. Um the Thurman Barrios card was announced, and it is very good. I really like it for a pay-per-view undercard. Um, 
I do wonder, though, is this a full-priced one, or is this half the price like the Ortiz Martin? With Leo Santa Cruz on the undercard, Barrios' money probably went up. Thurman's not cheap. I, my guess is it's full price. But that would be bomb. I would 100% really, you know, be about this undercard. Not that it matters if I am or not. But um, I'd be all about it. This pay-per-view, if it was 40 bucks, I would be like, dude, I love this pay-per-view. But we'll see. Um, like I said, at least they hooked up the undercard with some good fights. So we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, so there's a variety of things. Real quick, though, actually, let's get through this. If this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. Uh, it streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. Um, you know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope. Uh, download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find, uh, you know, the, the, the platform Rope and Dope Radio podcast in a whole lot of places. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. I uh, Someone reminded me to say that. That's a good call. It is, it is there. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And real quick, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. Um, no annual contract. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee that you're seeing a lot more. And boxing fans, um, if you go to the premier package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime included. Showtime's only $11 on this platform, by the by. DirecTV Stream. Okay. So if you hear my voice, kind of tell I have a cold. Um, this morning, I tested positive for COVID. Now, it's not a, a pity party or woe is me or anything like that. Um, I am actually, in case someone that I, you know, I, I've contacted probably four people that I had, you know, that I came in contact with at the fight that I knew that I could contact them. But if I, but there are other people that I chatted with and whatnot and, and that I don't know how to contact them. So just a heads up, um, I, I just want to let you know that I did know I'm doing okay. Like I said, it's funny because I kind of, yesterday I felt like I had like a minor cold, you know, like I'd sneeze once in a while, started coughing a little bit, but it's not like I have a temperature, uh, my stomach's fine, that type of thing. But I did want to let some folks know that I talked to uh, more than just in passing at the event. So if you're listening to this, go get uh, tested. Um, like I said, I have reached out to a couple people that I had more than a, a quick little, you know, breeze by type thing. So, um, but yeah, I do, you know, I, I do feel good. Like I feel okay. Um, so yeah, this isn't like a pity party or anything like that. Um, it's funny though. Yesterday I woke up and I still had my sense of smell. And I thought, ah, you know, who knows? I, I was outside a fair amount on Saturday. Um, I, I went outside after a shower with wet hair when it was cold. The temperature had dropped. 
I thought, uh, maybe I just got a cold. You know what I mean? It happens, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, woke up today not feeling any worse or anything like that. Just feeling like I had a light cold, not even a full-on uh, can't breathe out of your nose, don't have any breathing issues. That's really the temperature and breathing issues is what I – I suppose a cough, too. That kind of goes with breathing, right? So if you hear a little gap in time, that's probably me just getting a drink of water like I normally do, but I maybe maybe I cough or whatever because I have had a cough here and there, but nothing nothing where I'd say I got I to gotta cough. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, anyway, I woke up today and there's two really good ways to check your sense of smell right off the bat. I'll leave one to the imagination, but I opened up my little, um, container for the herbal, took a big whiff and didn't smell anything. And it's not like we're dealing with Bobby Brown weed, you know, from the nineties, you know what I'm saying? So, um, once I knew that, I was like, all right, let's get tested, found out. Um, I mean, I was at the armory, so technically I could have got it there, obviously. But my, uh, at a brewery, at the brewery that I work at, uh, someone there, multiple people actually got it in the last couple of weeks. But someone I worked with on Friday got it, and so I thought, okay, I probably got it from, from that person. But anyway, I'm good. Like I said, no woe is me stuff. I'm just letting people know because some people will be like, hey, I listen to your show and stuff. Well, <clears throat> just a heads up. Um, but anyway, enough of that stuff. Um, you know, it's it's hard to, like, do some kind of just in-depth on every fight, you know, stuff, <laughs> you know, obviously. Because there's so, so much of it, obviously, right? There's just so much of it. So I'm not going to do... Um, the exact type of, uh, you know, breakdown that I would do per se. Um, plus, I just, you know, I haven't talked a lot, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know how, you know, how long I'm going to go without that. You know what I mean? So that it might start bugging me or whatever. Maybe I'll start coughing more. I'm sure I will. But anyway, um, real quick to Jake Paul. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, I didn't have interest in this fight. Um, like to buy it. Um, you know, I wasn't going to illegally stream it. Um, but, you know, it's out there. Obviously, the highlight's out there. Um, whether whether it was on YouTube or Daily Motion or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, if it's on Daily Motion, it's up to, you know, the folks. That's with any paper. If it's on Daily Motion, or any fight for that matter, I suppose, then that's that's up to the company to take it off Daily Motion. You know what I mean? That's not illegal to watch it on YouTube after the fight. Anyway, I actually thought when I saw that that Jake was uh, jabbing well to the body, throwing right hands to the body, um. It did kind of look like Woodley was just going for one a lot of the times, and then obviously it turned into a clinch fest. And, you know, we talk about some of these young fans of Jake Paul that are getting into the sport, and I thought, in the back of my head after a few rounds of watching, I thought, huh, well, they're about to get a crash course on 
Sometimes you buy a pay-per-view and the shit sucks in the main event. It just happens, or it's slow or whatever, you know what I mean? And it did get real clinchy, and I could tell that was taking something out of kind of both of them, but especially Jake, he actually referenced that after the fight that, you know, you can really feel the clinch, that you can feel that, you know, all-American type wrestling type stuff. So they both had a little time frame when they gasped a little bit. Um, but the face-first knockout, um, there's two ways of looking at it. Right away, what I thought it was, because he was attacking the body, and it was a right hand that Jake, when I say he, he was attacking the body with the right hand a lot. And I thought he was put, you know, I thought he was faking the shot to, you know, to the body. It looked like he was going to go to the body, or at least it looked like Woodley was bracing for it. Some people, and I think Jake even said it after I, I watched the presser, that he was trying to, with his left hand, trying to knock down his jab because he had fainted with the jab. And that could be. That could be. It's a weird way to – it's not a weird way to, to knock down a jab, but if you look, it looks like he's covered up too. So if you're going to just do it, why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you just knock – I don't know. It, it, to me, now you, you're not necessarily for sure going to do it with your right hand either, right, because you could do the same thing but just with the other so it can make it look like a jab, and then it turns into a hook. We've seen that. Just ask uh, Gonzalez and Abner Morris, right? I believe that was a hook, right? Um, that started looking like it was going to the body. But when I saw, you know, when I saw the replay, I thought that I really thought that Woodley was bracing for the body, face first, looking like he had Elf's feet. Um, I'm glad he's okay. I heard that he's going to give a fan $5,000 for the best meme of his knockout. And I was like, wow, you're really handling this good. Um, but, hey, that's good. I did like the respect after the fight and whatnot, seeing the moms together and whatnot. It is what it is. Um, as far as what's next, <laughs> Chavez Jr. has been thrown around a lot, and that's not even the weirdest shit. Um but his uh, actually his um, there was a post online on the web on boxing Twitter. Well, it was probably it was probably on the gram. It just this is his manager, uh, Junior's manager. Um, it shows you how impressive Jake is that people think uh, this should be the next opponent. It has Jake five and zero with four KOs, and then Chavez Junior fifty three wins, thirty four KOs, six uh, losses, and one draw two knockouts, uh, you know, be knocked out. Even more impressive is that Jake messaged me and said, let's get this one next. And um, for what it is, I actually don't think it's uh, that bad of a fight. Now, real quick, we're not going to spend much more time on this. This is from the Impulsive Podcast. Jake Paul offered um, Jorge Mas, what is it, Mas, Mas Valdez? Why, why can't I think of his name? That's Vidal. That's what it is. Um, five million. Five million plus percentage of the pay-per-view fights. Let's make it happen. Uh, that's the most you'll ever have gotten paid. Mass Vidal. And he responded, the UFC isn't going to let me go for chump change. Make sure the, guarantee, the 20 
make sure that 20 million guarantee plus pay-per-views. Oh, make that. Sorry, it was cut off. Make that 20 guaranteed plus pay-per-view, and I'm sure the UFC will be okay as long as I break them off their fee, and then I'll gladly break your face. If the UFC still says no because of the money, which that would be weird if it's $20 million, um, still too low, then come over to the UFC, sign a one-fight deal, and we can stipulate I can only box in the cage. If I do anything other than that, I will forfeit my purse. Um, come on over, get paid, and laid out. Get paid, get laid, bro. Um, but, yeah, so – there's that. Anyway, let's get on to some other stuff, shall we? Um, I mean, like, where do you start? Better be it in Brown, right? Um, in the fight, Brown, just like Gonzalez, showed a little bit more than I thought he would in this fight. Not a ton more, but definitely some. You know what I mean? I'll definitely give him credit on that. Um, you know, I, for a while, I gave him the, the first. I gave him the first two rounds. Uh, right hands. He kind of land like some nice right hands, and he'd be more on the movies, a little bit busier. And then looking at my scorecard, that's about it. That's about it. The heavier shots, better be of. I think in the fourth round, they were both cut, and then that nasty cut, <laughs> that nasty cut on Peter Biev, um, you know, on his, dude already looks like Frankenstein, but now he really does. Um, there's a clash of heads, right? Um, but yeah, the, the, the right hands to the head, the hooks to the body. I mean, by the fifth round, he was flurrying heavy on Brown. He's covering up on the ropes. Um, just fast, hard combos, hooks, um, uppercuts, just bringing more, more and more pressure. Flush right hand scores a knockdown in the seventh. And Brown, you know, showing heart. He was landing back, no doubt about it. Um, and then it was the uppercut that knocked him down and, and, and out, basically. He looked at the count, the ref was counting, and Brown just looked at him and then got up after him. He was like, I'm good, which that was a good place to stop the fight, no doubt about it. Um, Peter Biev, you know, where where's he go? I don't know. I mean, he had that Bullshtick, um fight. Um, he's had some good wins and whatnot, but, you know, I don't know. It's going to kind of run into potentially 160 and 168. That's 75, maybe, you know. Um, are they going to just wait for Canelo? Or are they going to some of them are going to fight each other. Obviously, the Beecher BF Bibble, you know, that's been talked about for a little while now. And like I said, even Bibble had a nice stretch of fights, but then kind of fell off there, you know. COVID, <clears throat> excuse me, injuries. I just coughed there, just, you know. Don't worry, you can't get it through the mic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people think Canelo's going to wait a couple years, you know. It's tough to say, you know. It's really tough to say what will happen next. But it was a good performance. And, uh, you know, he's a fun fighter to watch. He's got, obviously, a lot of power. But um, 
we'll see. We'll see about 175. And, you know, how long is he going to be? Would he wait, you know, to see what Canel? Canel's not coming back till May. And my guess is he's not fighting better be yet. Um, probably fighting back for Zero but you never know. You never know. So he probably just needs the. I don't know. I don't know if he'll stay busy or if they'll match up that bibble, you know. Um, and we'll see, like, if the fan base and, and, and parts of the media will push Peter Biev and Bivol the way they're talking about Charlo and Benavides and whatnot, right? Like, hey, let's, let's, let's earn the, the thing, you know? But uh, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's easy to say, oh, you got to earn it. And that's fair. That's a fair comment. But if you're his team <clears throat> or that fighter and the, the opportunity's there, it's real easy to sit on the sidelines not in the ring saying, oh, come on, dude, what the hell, man, you got to earn it. Well, if I get it, then I earned it. You know what I mean? So it is what it is, but we will see. I'm not trying to go too deep into this stuff just because we have a lot to cover, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, that undercard fight, that women's fight, my gosh, that was bad. It, is that true that was pay-per-view in Canada? Isn't basically everything pay-per-view in Canada? I feel bad for you guys, man. That shit. If that was a co-feature, boxing Twitter would just shut down. It would just shut down. It would just be like, nah, dude, we're not, we're not going to tweet anymore. We're, we're done with the sport. <laughs> no. Um, but that sucks, dude. That, that, what I saw, I didn't see every fight or whatever, but as far as what's on the, the replay of the ESPN Plus, that shit was garbage, too. There's bad fights. There's boring fights. There's mismatches. There's all that, right? But that shit was hot garbage. That shit was, it was really bad. It was like the Delta variant of fight. Okay, I'll stop. Um, we're going to bounce around too, by the way. We're, we, we, we won't just uh, stick to it. Um, Roach Alvarado, um, you know, Roach boxed pretty nicely. Um, Alvarado, you know, um, had some moments here. Had some moments there. Didn't really, uh, you know, I, I thought he started really well. He definitely landed some good shots and brought pressure uh, early on. I definitely gave him the first round. Um, the fourth was close. Definitely gave him the fifth round. He, he landed like a really nice right hand with like maybe 30, 60 seconds in and landed the better shots overall. But the counters, the pivot, the movement, the double jab, um, he looked pretty good. I'll say that. He looked pretty good. Uh, so, um, and I'm talking about Lamont, Lamont uh, Roach Jr. He looked pretty good. So, um, kind of how we explained it last week, and there was a clarification there. I remember actually now that I think about it with John, when he said, you know, I don't think much of these guys, uh, as far as, you know, top, top level guys. The, the fight kind of played out how, how we thought it would. But, you know, Lamont looked pretty good. We'll see where he goes. Uh, Richards, Richards and Gongora. Gongora. Um, you know, for a decent amount of this fight, Richards made Gongora look pretty ordinary. Um, he was, he just was better overall. A little bit more, showing a little bit more skills on the move, but also pressing forward, doing some, 
you know, nice uh, things in the middle of the ring. It was a split decision. One of them had it 115-112 for uh, Gongora, and then the other ones were 115-113. So it wasn't like a dismantling or completely outclassed them or something like that, but he was a minor underdog, and, you know, we talked about how this could be a close fight, and that's exactly uh, how it went down. Excuse me, down. Got the hiccups now. Um, and then Joseph Parker in Chisora. <laughs> um, wow. This was a brawl. Um, this was better than the first fight. Uh, some of the scorecards, you know, there was a scorecard 114-112. It's like, huh? What would you say? Can you clarify that for me? The other ones were 115-110 and 115-111. Um, I thought it was pretty easy to give about eight rounds to uh, Joseph Parker. Uh, maybe nine rounds. Maybe seven. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure about it. I, I think it was more like eight rounds. Um, but right off the bat, dude, you know, Parker lands two big-ass right hands in a left hook in the last part. Chisora was bringing pressure. I did give him. Second round was pretty close. I gave him the third round for sure. Um, kind of early and late, he had some really nice flurries. Um, but by the end of it, you know, you, you did start to – Parker kind of in the middle turned the table on him, landed nice left hooks. And there was like a, a shaky leg hit Jasoro or stiff. Um, kind of looked stunned a little bit. Kind of looked a little slow and stunned by that time. Um, Jasora dropped in the fourth round. Was that a knockdown for sure? Um, but after it, he walked to the corner and was like, come on in, you know. Uh, Parker did take the bait right away. Then he did. But credit to Jasora. He had a late rally, and he did a bunch of that. You know, he did do a bunch of that. He did do a bunch of that. Um, Sometimes it was like, dude, we got to stop this fight, man. We have to stop this fight. But then he'd rally and go off, you know. So it was was fun. Lots of, uh, you know, back and forth moments. Even the seventh round, you know, it was was a right uppercut that dropped him. And somehow, some way, Derek Chisora got up and landed really late in the round, several right hands of his own, you know. Um, I think the eighth round may have been one of the slowest. They were kind of getting too clinchy and, and missing a lot. Uh, Chisora did bring, you know, some body work and whatnot. Um, but then it's kind of weird because there was a knockdown, but it looked like a push uh, to me kind of looked like a push than an, an actual knockdown on that one. Um, but, I mean, the ninth round, it was like eight or ten or maybe even more clean shots. I mean, it, it looked like Chisora was done. And, yes, this is a broken record. It's going to replay. Somehow, some way, Chisora rallied back again. It was pretty freaking crazy, man. Um, but, yeah, Chisora, you know, used a jab okay landed nice right hands. It was fun. It was a it was a fun fight. No doubt about it. I did enjoy that fight a, a fair amount more than I did the first fight. That there's no doubt about that. That was uh that was dope. That was really good. Um 
like I was saying earlier, I, I saw that uh, interview on IFL TV with Jastora, and he's like, I don't know, he started bringing up the Premier League and like, well, because he's like, you know, the fans want you to, you know, retire. Because there were times in this fight where you're like, dude, as far as like a boxer's soul, not speaking any ill will about his actual life, but he, he looked like he was, you know, on his last leg there a couple different times and was on his fighter's soul deathbed, okay? Don't don't take that wrong. But it was like, oh, but the reason why they didn't stop it, well, one, it's a big heavyweight fight. The U.K. is kind of known for early stoppages in a sense, right? Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not, whatever. But in this one, they could have stopped it in a, in a few places. They did. So, um, but the, he was saying, like, you know, well, you know, there's only like three or four teams that win the Premier League, but how many, you know, there's 20 different teams. So should they just not play anymore? And I, and I get what he's saying, but although there's wear and tear playing any sport, right, training in the games, yeah, of course, it's wear and tear. But you're not getting hit in the fucking head all day long. I mean, I'm sure it hurts when you fake a slide and you fake get tripped and shit in soccer. No, like I said, a lot of these sports do wear you. I'm not saying that, but it's not like boxing. You know the old saying, you don't play boxing. And so his metaphor, his example he was trying to say is, hey, man, you know, I mean, can I be just a top 15 guy and, and still fight? I hear you, but you're taking. So that isn't like, you know, soccer or basketball or whatever. Uh, you're, 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 you're getting hit directly in the head and in the organs, in, in the inner, you're, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, you know, do what you got to do. You know, you showed your worth in this fight. Once again, no doubt about that. I would never say he did. But uh, he looked like he was on death's door there for a while as far as from a fighter standpoint. You know what I mean? It, it, I mean, it really did. Dude. It really did. So, um, I, what have we got? Madrimov. Madrimov and Soro. And we did talk about how this was worth taking a flyer out on, um, you know, for the fights and whatnot. And uh, Madrimov bounced back pretty well, I would say, off of, uh, you know, some recent performances. I I thought he was a little bit more under control. Um, he didn't do as much uh, leaping and whatnot, you know, all that fancy stuff that's a little like, well, hold on, dude, that's not going to work on the top level. Um, and it did seem like Soro, although he won some rounds, it seemed like he was kind of waiting beyond the jab. He's just waiting to counter too much. And I know that's his game and whatnot. But um, like, for example, you know, the fifth round, he was having success in it. Then, you know, two big right hands, or a few big right hands, I don't know if it's just two, um, and later some really good body shots, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know, two rounds? Could you give him two rounds? I gave him a third. Um, but just because he landed some nice hooks the last part of the third, the fourth was very close. Um, but other than that, you know, he had this little whipping right hand beyond the jab he, he throw, you know, uh, but the uppercuts, jab, rights to the body. When Madrimov 
get the, the ball rolling, his combinations do come off real nice, and I like his variety on his shots and whatnot. Um, and then he was just kind of doing the bully, you know, the bully body, you know. He was going to the body, and he was bullying him, and he was really using his footwork to get inside quickly. And at times doing that in-and-out stuff, too, which I do like from him. He just gets, gets a little loosey-goosey with the leaps at times. But you could see, you know, by the seventh, definitely the eighth, Sora was fading. Now, in the ninth round, the last round of the fight, there were plenty of back-and-forth action in that one. Um, but I'd say the jab and right hands, you know, from Soro in there, but I'd probably say it was like, I'd probably say six or seven right, heavy right hands. Um, and, you know, it was that combination, TKO, and he was hurt. The fight was over. I thought I thought it was a good stoppage. The problem was the ref didn't hear, so, or at least he didn't anticipate hearing the warning bell. And, and I got to say, sometimes that's kind of bullshit. But other times when you're listening to back, you can't, you, I couldn't really hear the bell either. Um, I don't remember if I heard the 10-second uh, the bell. Sometimes, you know, you're watching some, you know, things uh, across the world, and you're like, wow. I didn't hear any bell, you know, but um, it is what it is. Does it suck? Can I see why Soro wants it a no contest? Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to be like, dude, you were going to lose anyway. You were lo- You lost. I get it. And that's what I kind of think anyway, but it's easy to say that until you're the fighter. And you're like, nah, dude, that's bullshit, you know. So I, I get some of that, you know what I mean? I, who knows what happens there. But Dreamop did say I'll do it again. I don't really think it needs to happen again, but I also respect, you know, some of the it, – it was after the bell, clearly. I mean, there's no debate there. You know what I mean? Um, I guess if you lined it up with a stop clock or something, you know, a stopwatch, maybe you could find something weird about it or say, oh, actually it was, or I don't know. But it seemed pretty uh, – it was pretty done, to say the least. Um so, good performance by Madrima, no doubt. And it will be interesting to see, you know, because that was a title eliminator. People say, oh, he's the mandatory. He's the, well, he, he might be the mandatory, but he still needs to be called. As we know, there's a potential uh, Charlo Castaño fight in February coming up. Um, and we'll see. We will see where, you know, what Madrima uh, does. But he, he's got, you know, it's never been like, skill and talent and all that. It's never been like, oh, man, I don't know. It just, you did see the, from that region of the world, especially white, you know, white people here on boxing Twitter, anyone that comes out of that bitch is like, oh, dude, you don't even know how good he is. And it's like, I hear that. But sometimes that wears you out a little bit where you're like, dude, let's not crown this guy just yet. Like, well, why can't they just get some wins? And then, you know, why, why are you saying, oh, dude, like, they need to fight Medrimov, then the 154-pound division is going to be good. By the way, there's like three or four guys coming up. The shit's deep as it is, but there's more coming up. So I'm not saying Conwell and others aren't going to add to the depth and be that next generation, because they are. But sometimes... You know, Madrimov had this hardcore buzz 
and then he kind of looked like shit in some fights, you know what I mean? And so I thought it was a good bounce back for him. And you're not going to look great all the time. And so I was impressed that he came back and, and put on a, a sturdy performance. I, I was. I definitely was. Um, as far as what else do we have? What else? Do we, oh, Zerto. Uh, what is it? Unesky Gonzalez against uh, Zerto Ramirez. Um, <laughs> this was a fucking brawl, dude. Holy shit. And as fun as it was to watch, because it was, you could probably say this is the fight of the, the weekend, um, just from an action standpoint. I mean, round four, sign this bitch up round four for round of the year, one of them. It's up there. That that shit was... I guess the only thing is, it's like, damn, Ramirez, like... This dude was on stilts, you know what I mean? He was literally on stilts, and he couldn't get him out of there. Now, Gonzalez is not an easy guy, just left and right. Anybody can knock him out. But, man, it's like, I don't know. I'm so torn on how this fight went from a spectator you know, standpoint. Like I said, it's probably the fight of the weekend. But from a Ramirez, you know, he's been around for a while now, Zerto. And it's just like, damn, dude, like, if you get caught with like that, you know, at this division from some other dudes that aren't faded, whew, it, you might be in, you might have some problems, you know. But the first three rounds, lots of exchanging, uh, kind of both of them on the ropes at times. Um, but you know, Gonzalez definitely threw his combinations in spots. It was a, an opening three rounds were a blast. Like I said, the fourth round, then like 90 seconds in, Ramirez buzzed Gonzalez. Like pretty bad. Crazy exchanges. It looks like Gonzalez, is, he's hurt, and his legs look like stilts, like I said. Um, but somehow Gonzalez turned the tide and the momentum, and he flurried back. And, and then Ramirez comboed it. I mean, the, the amount of like, short hooks or even wide looping hooks right after you just got, you know, done laying like a handful of punches on. And it could be either guy, obviously Ramirez landed more and whatnot and heavier shots throughout the whole fight. But just when you thought, all right, dude, he's really going to stop him here. And Gonzalez was laying some shit back, dude. that, That shit was fun. That was really, really fun. Like I said, it was tough to give Gonzalez a whole lot of rounds. Um, like you really could, but that doesn't mean so. It's probably it's definitely the best one-sided fight of the weekend. But it is one of those just we thought it would be a good TV fight, much like the better be a Brown, and this was exactly that. And dude, later in that fight, from like six, round six to six to nine, Ramirez was winning the rounds, but just getting clubbed at times, dude. Um. And even in that ninth round, once again, like, <laughs> Gonzalez's legs were so, he's, you know, walking backwards, still landing shots, but somehow he's staying up. And then it was a tenth round TKO, and he got the job done, uh, Zerto did. So, um, you know, I, I, Zerto's a, a fun fighter to watch, man. And he's one of those guys that, It's for whatever reason, he just hasn't had, you know, 
a ton of the opportunities to get a big, big fight um, over, you know, as much as he probably should. Um, so it's not like, you know, he's, he's just fought a bunch of like no hopers his whole career or whatever, you know, um, been in there, you know, lately with Sullivan Marrero, however, you know, however much was left with him. Um, the Jesse Hart fights were very good. Um, that was probably his best two performances right there. Uh, yeah, obviously coming on the scene, this is like, uh, 2016, 2017, since he came on the scene uh, beating Abraham, uh, a faded Abraham. You know, he got wins over like Vlasov and Vlasov over whatever you say his name. I mean, dude's got 43, he's 43 and 0, you know. Um, and that's where you start to go, okay, but he literally doesn't, I mean, he just doesn't have much top level guys. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy that that Abraham fight, and that was just a name at that point, obviously. But still, I liked what I saw. That he dominated him. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. But, man, that's like five years ago, you know? So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, they can get him a big fight. He's another guy at light heavyweight. Uh, would Canelo want to fight him? I don't know not like ducking wise or anything like that, but like he is now a golden boy. So that, you know, that the zone, you know, will the zone put up some cash for that? Um, would Canelo want to, you know, do business with gold boy after their, how that ended? I don't know. Would it even be a great fight? It'd, it'd be fun to watch, but yeah, it's time for him to get a big fight. I mean, He's 43 and 0 because the one thing I don't like, and this happens, it's no big deal, but the one thing I don't like is like, you know, when they're marketing, he's that much closer to Floyd Mayweather Rucker. It's like, dog, come on now. But, you know, 43 and 0 is impressive. Don't get me wrong. He's a good, solid fighter, but he just hasn't fought that top level guy. And so I just can't stand that PR shit. It's like the Ali kid. His name is Walsh, dude. Has his name always been Ali Walsh, or was that something when he turned 18, he went down to the courthouse and was like, hey, i got to change my fucking name, dude, fuck this. You know, I don't know. Um, I haven't looked into it. But, I don't know. I just wanted to get a big fight, man, because he is all action. He is fun as hell. He's got some skills. Don't get me wrong, he does. He's not just a brawler. But, um, wow. <laughs> uh, that was a fun-ass fight. No way Super fun fight. Um, and last but not least, this is the um, card that I covered um, for the PBC on Fox and FS1. Um, I thought um, Richard Richardson Hitchens. I always want to say Richard Hitchens. Um, R- Richardson Hitchens from Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn against Baltimore. Malik Hawkins. I like what I saw from Hitchens in this, Hitchens in this fight. Jab and overhand right. Um, kind of two-punch quick combos going to the head and body. He looked good to me. He actually looked good to me in that fight. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, Alberto uh, Puello, um from the Dominican, a Dominican product there. He looked damn good. Vashon, uh Owens, a local from uh, 
Minneapolis. What's up, Mr. Owens? You know, he brought that same hard head, hard head, hard hat pressure that he always does. And so I thought there was something to this fight to an extent for him, good experience and whatnot. Um, it wasn't like the Fondora fight where Owens, like the first round and a half, he was landing some humongous shots on Fondora that obviously got stopped. But um, I liked what I saw of him. I thought he's very fluid, very smooth. Um, the movement, the right hooks, the left crosses, later in the fight, added the uppercut to it. I like what I saw. He's now, what, 20-0? and 0? Uh, Puelo. So that was good. And then Jose Benes- or Be- Valenzuela, not Valenzuela, against Austin Dulé. Jose looked damn good, dude. I mean, scoring like three knockdowns in the first round. Um, you know, he's cutting off the ring right away. Lands to the body with both hands. And credit to Dulé, he, he would land some big shots, too. He had, right at the end of the first round, I remember tweeting this, he freaking landed a big punch. But um, Valenzuela looked damn good in that fight. I thought it was going to be a little bit harder for him. Not that he'd be super, you know, like it'd be a super tight fight, but I thought he would go more rounds. I'll say that. You might want to add him to one of those lightweights on the up and up. He definitely looked like a fighter on the come up. He looked damn good. He was getting love after the fight, too. Um, who was it? Who who uh, who tweeted? I think it was Ray. Somebody tweeted, like, who knew that, because I'm talking about the main event now, David Brown Jr., um, who knew that uh, all the all all you had to do if you're a Cuban fighter to get love is to move move to Minneapolis and fight there, because you know we had Cuban flags going on, showing a lot of love. Um, it's a it's a fun it's fun in there, man. It's just all sorts of backgrounds coming together, and um, you can hear it. I mean, you can hear it. Not just the main event. There is you know most fighters that fight there say, you know, they really like the place. I think it was uh, 3,400, but it, it does sound like eight to 10,000. You know what I mean? It sounds like because it's so jam-packed in there um, in that standing room only. I did notice for this fight, the standing room only is $25. And I noticed that on the floor, the back part of the floor in some chunks, not every ticket sold, but the standing room only was the most packed I've seen. Which makes sense if you're like, oh, shit, I'll go there. Yeah, 25 bucks, cool, I'll just go, you know? So I did notice that the standing room only was way, it's not way deeper, but deeper than it normally is. So, uh, But as far as the main event goes, you know, David Morrell Jr. put on a show, did his thing. Uh, Fox couldn't really do much with him. Um, even like in round three, how he, he kind of took the lead, meaning I'm going to come to you, but it didn't last long. You know what I mean? Um, Morrell kind of was like at times brought like a measured attack in, but other times he was just going forward. I did like his defense a little bit more uh, this fight. Like he was, you know, moved with his head a lot more. Um, he's flashy as shit, obviously. You see him like stutter stepping in there and whatnot. Um, another thing though that I liked, two things that really stand out to me 
especially like a young prospect, which he still is. I know he's got a secondary belt, but he's a prospect to me. Well, I'd put him in contender right this year at 168, but he's still, I mean, he's only got, what, five fights. So um, I like two things that he did especially. That in the trenches, short uppercut, you know, messing with the rule, like just barely legal kind of, you know, and just him in the trenches as far as roughing it up. It's, we saw that in his last fight. And sometimes, speaking of Eastern European or Ukrainian, who, wherever, right? Um, Kazakhstan, um, like some of their fighters when they come over here, because they've been in the amateur system so long, I don't blame them. I'm not ripping them. We see that with a lot of amateurs. It's like they look at the ref more to be helped, you know? And, of course, you're always going to look at the ref sometimes. You know, you're going to, at some point, complain to the ref. I'm not saying that, but if it keeps happening, then you gotta you got to do it back. And there's two fights in a row where he did it back, dude. And that little sneaky uppercut that was on, like, a partial clinch, that sneaky shot, dude, that was nice. And uh, so he got it off, you know, the – the corner of Fox was up on the apron trying to say, stop it, stop it. I'm pretty sure the Shields side came in. And that was another thing, Ronnie Shields, you know, no disrespect to Jamal James camp and whatnot and the trainers that they have there. And, and you know, no disrespect whatsoever. But I think we mentioned this last week, you know, getting with Ronnie Shields, who has a tradition of Erislani Lara and Gamboa, um, you know, Rigo and whatnot. Sparring, you know what I mean? It it just makes sense that he's doing that. You know, a lot of the fights he can still fight out of Minneapolis. I mean, I'll tell you what, the people, a lot of people in that building that night didn't even know he was training with a different trainer, if we're being honest, you know. They've already heard the story. He's fighting out of Minneapolis. That's all that really counts, you know. And uh, there's just a a different level of energy in there uh, when he comes out, when he does a little highlight stuff. So, um, you know, I am hoping that he doesn't fight, you know, uh, in July or August, you know what I'm saying? I would like him to be able to come back in the, uh, in the spring sometime. They, uh, I'm trying to think February, February, August. I'm not saying he has to come back in February, but I'm, I'm trying to think of like the 2019, schedule of the armory they normally kept in this i think it was like february march or april it was the second week in april they've hit up a lot and every time they've done it it's snowed it'll be like you know 70 degrees 80 degrees like 10 days before it and it'll snow out of nowhere that's how spring is here dude it's all over the place of course that's how december is we had a fucking thunderstorm the last time i guys i talked to you guys last week we had a tornado close by um, but February, April, and then a lot of times it's August, and then maybe one in the fall. I'm not totally sure. I know that this last summer was June and July, so we'll see. But I would like for him if he can get back in April, that would be dope. You know what I mean? Um, of course, you'd like him to come back in you know ten weeks, but I don't see that happening. Maybe, but you never know. Um, but yeah, I, just another solid. He just he needs rounds. You know what I mean? He definitely needs rounds. But it is that risk-reward thing with him. And that's the reason why there has been mentions of some quality fights for him. But 
actually one of them is now going to fight Danny Jacobs, you know. Um, so, which I understand. Like, if you can make more money fighting somebody, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Because he was, because there was talks about that fight, and he was talking about it, but then he's like, well, I'll just match him with Bibble. But he, it sounds like he ended up matching him with Danny Jacobs. And that's a good fight, though. But, yeah, I just want him to stay, you know, I might think it'd be nice if he can get three fights in in the year. You know, because when you fight twice a year, let's say December, summer, and December, um, you know, technically, it's three fights in 12 months, right? It's just not a calendar. That's why if we can, you know, maybe not the big, big, big names or whatever, guys get older in their career and all that, that's a little different, but it would be nice if they could somehow, and I know the budgets are already done and all that stuff, and the whole deal was signed with this type of two fights a year a lot of times once you hit a certain level. We've had it for like well over a decade. Um, but if you can get three in the calendar year, then you're looking at four fights in, you know, 15 or 16 months. You know what I mean? And, and, and that that little bump can make a difference, especially to a young fighter like this this guy right here. But overall, um, he didn't get the rounds that I wanted him to. I mean, he got the rounds, but there wasn't much there. But it was fun. It was a good night. Uh, like I said, I did like uh, some of that undercard action, no doubt about it. Um, so, of course, there was more fights. But, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go every single solitary one. I probably went too long on Someone's listening right now like, dog, you, you went too long on a bump, bump, bump. Um, trying to look here. Oh, someone messaged saying uh, um, that NFL, NBA, the NBA, uh, Durant, what is it, Deron Williams, the former Utah guard, who was pretty clutch. Like, in a short amount of time, he was pretty clutch. I actually was going for Frank Gore uh, as far as just because he's from Miami. And in the 80s, if you don't know this, in the 80s, when I was a kid, um, Minnesota sucked. They made it with Ricky Foggy. I think it was the Independence Bowl. They made it back-to-back years of the bowl. But otherwise, they sucked. Like, Nebraska and Rozier came into town in the Metrodome, <laughs> put up like 84 on the Gophs. But I loved me some college football. And so I, I did my second team, like a team to cheer for, when the season's over or during the season, whatever, that was my squad, Miami. So um, I was going for Frank Gore. But you see Gore's face, that, that beam and that shot of him like, oh, shit, you know. It's like he doesn't look at linebackers that way. He's trying to knock linebackers over. Oh, Amanda Serrano. Whew. Uh, I'm trying to keep it respectful here. But what she did to that poor woman's face my good, I, I, you know, shots out to that woman who took a picture. Most of us wouldn't take that picture. You could even see Amanda in that picture looking like, oh, are you sure you want to? And I'm not trying to dog her. She's in there taking punches. I'm not trying to fight Serrano. My face would look like that, too, except I'd have to be go right to the hospital. You know, Amanda's the shit. I'm not trying to rip the girl she beat down, but God. Did some damage, man. Wow. And just watching the replay, because those are the only two things. Well, I did see a little bit of that. Whatever was there, I just watched it. Uh, 
one was on Daily Motion. I think the other one was on YouTube after. But uh, wow, man, that was that was some rough stuff, dude. That was some rough stuff. Um, like I said, Vito, Ayo Vito, Malinaki, uh, he's fighting, and uh, he did look better in his last fight, no doubt about it. Didn't look as good that fight he lost, obviously. He looked good in his last fight. So uh, let's see what he looks like. Joey Spencer, it'll probably be just two knockouts. It's not a card that I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be bomb. You know what I mean? It's, it's not. And it's too bad that, like, on this date, they generally have big fights um, or pretty damn good fights to close the year. Last year, or was it two years? Yeah, last year we were supposed to get Ruiz and uh, Ortiz, but Ruiz, something happened, I don't know, but that was supposed to be the fight to close the year. Hopefully we get that, you know, 2022, if uh, Ortiz gets past Charles Martin with that heavyweight card, but um, I say it's too bad, maybe it'll be two knockouts, whatever, you know, entertainment, but I just went into the guide on TV, on the on the tube, dating myself there. Young, younger people like the tube. What, the, what are you talking about, toothpaste? Um, but yeah, on the tube, I went into the TV guide, which is also dating myself to when I was a little kid because it used to be this little newspaper-looking TV guide. I think it was in the newspaper. Anyway, going down memory lane here, went in there and I noticed there's actually a, a, an NFL game on Saturday, and I think there's like a little post game, but sometimes they just run through that post game because of the time. Either way, though, it might get a, a pop in ratings was my point. Um, and that's why I'm thinking, man, if it does get a pop, great for Joey and, and Vito, no doubt, but it would have been nice to have some pop there, if you know what I'm saying. Um, fight news, like I said, the Spence Uga stuff. In the Stanonius and, and Butayev, that 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 is just great news. And like I said, I'm not going to give credit to the WBA because from the sounds of it, Stanonius. Now they may have, you know, I don't know. They may have like said, "Hey, is this any way we can do this or whatever?" But uh, he had to take his name out of it, out of it basically. He had to say, no, "I've got the man." And so to fight Ugas. So that's dope. And this is how it should have been. Because like I said earlier, and I said last week or the week before, Spence and Ugas was going to happen in August. And, then, and I remember me, uh, Spence even tweeting, hey, I got the winner. When I come back, I got the winner. I hurt my eye. I got an injury, but it's not as bad as some other retinas can be. At least, you know, knock on wood. We'll see. Um, but this is what it should have been. And, and they already planned it for what would they say, February? They had already had it planned. Ugas tweeted that he already signed the contract to fight Spence. Of course, you saw, you know, the Bud fanboy saying, oh, he, he's ducking Ugas too. Look, uh, they said Al Heyman was involved with that, uh, that four-man tournament as if he wanted that four-man tournament instead of Spence fighting Ugas when they already fucking, <laughs> you know, they already had the, the deal done for the second time, by the way. So that, that's just silly, but I'm really happy about that. Like I said, I, we do have some more current fight news. Uh, we'll go over some of that, the undercard on that Thurman 
Barrios, which we now know is official for uh, February 5th. It is a pay-per-view. I wonder. Now, I already went, you know, Thurman. Is he going to get his normal, like a big, big, you know, purse? Probably not for this, but Barrios is probably going to do pretty good. Thurman's still going to do good. Santa Cruz is tuning up, but he's not cheap. So it does kind of – I say all this because I wonder if they're just going to do a full pay-per-view on this. Like, not full, but fully priced. But I wonder if they're not waiting to see what that Ortiz um, – that heavyweight, Ortiz Martin card, that's 40 bucks. So that's about half the price because – now, I'm sure there's going to be some tax in there. That is where you get it from. But that's about half the price. And people have been saying, hey, we need that half-price shit, you know? If they made that half the price or even just 50 or whatever, I would be – I would definitely – like I said, the pay-per-view is not going to be – oh, now there's going to be a bunch of more buys because the rope dope radio podcast says I'll, I'll be behind it. You know what I mean? But I definitely would be like, yes, dude, because the other card has action. There's entertainment value, no doubt. I don't mind Thurman and Barrios whatsoever. I said that last week. I like the fight for what the fight is. Right? I mean, Barrios, if you're going to fight a name again, why not fight Thurman two and a half years out of the ring? <laughs> right? I mean, Jose Cito Lopez hurt him. Why not? I'm not saying Barrios got all this power. He's going to hurt him. But he, he could drop people where he was at 140. We knew he grew out of that weight class. Um, so I don't mind the fight whatsoever. You know, I think it's a good fight for what it is. And then Thurman, you know, you're getting back. But I do kind of feel like since the Barrios did about as much as the, the Leo Santa Cruz, as far as how it was reported, they're probably like, hey, he's a good enough B-side to put this on. We'll put Leo Santa Cruz on the card and some other, you know, fighters. So we'll go over some of that uh, in just a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Sean to the fold here and see what his thoughts are on this weekend because, man, we were talking about how many damn fights there was. And it was a marathon. But you know what? It was a fun marathon. They had, like, water every, like, handful of blocks. They had Gatorade. You could stop and get a massage while you're running the marathon. I find it – actually, I'm talking about marathons. I'm about to go to John. I didn't even try to do that. He runs a lot of long runs. Me, I'm a 5K guy. All right, was anyway. All right, let's bring in John to the full, the great boxing mind. What's going on, John? How you doing, man? Chris, good to be here. And you're right, talking marathons. I, I decided to do one this this winter. I'm getting ready for, so I haven't done one in the winter before. But it's going to be in North I Carolina, say. so I, I'm not going to get oh, hurt okay. too bad with the weather. That's why I did it. it Wilmington average temperature 52, so I figured it'd make me okay. train through the holidays and the cold winter here in New Jersey uh, to get ready for that. Mark. But uh, yeah, don't want to divert too much. But yeah, it, it's uh, always good to talk about. Uh, anything involving stamina and things like that when we're also talking about boxing. But like you said, it was a marathon the last two weekends for even viewers of boxing. And I know you were able to make it to the armory in Minneapolis. And like I said before, that always looks good on TV, but uh, like the weekend before I was able to catch virtually all of this, which takes a lot. I mean, even though I said it the week before, it, it's not something you're going to be able to do all the time, even as a fan. I mean, the the time commitment is is getting crazy, and I'm starting to see 
some hardcore followers and fans who even resisted that mentioning that a little bit that you know no matter how hardcore you are you're going to be forced to start just selecting your content because you can't can't do that all the time i mean it's good that these cards are available to you but like i've said i think one of the answers is they they've really probably reached a point where the evolution's got to be they got to start just letting you know virtually exactly what time each fight yes. on the card is going to start so you can make your choice like I've compared it to before. Well, beyond that day, you know, 30, 40 years ago, when you go back in boxing history with the broadcast where boxing's ratings were very, very high, and, and they used to try to, you know, tease the boxing and make you watch all these other sports on weekends on those the old sports variety shows like Wide World of Sports, Sports Spectacular, Sports World, um, you know, just just tricking the consumer. I mean, it's almost became like a habit thing. I mean, you know, I don't know if you're really helping yourself even that much with hardcores. If you're, if you're tricking them into watching undercard fights with people that aren't really good prospects and things like that. I mean, you're just, you're just aggravating fans. So with, with that, with that out of the way, um, you know, the, the Chisora Parker was entertaining um, I enjoyed watching the fight, but I, I think people were trying to take a bit too much out of it. I liked one tweet I saw from some hardcore person right after the fight, which I thought summed it up that in one fight, we, we got to see all the things we, we love and hate about Joe Parker within one twelve rounds. And uh, I thought that summed it up because that he was a little more aggressive. Yeah, he'd been a little more aggressive than he had been in recent in some recent fights at times, opening up really at least three, four times had Chisora just about to go. It was going to take a couple more shots. And then the bad Joe Parker, the guy is standing back while, while, while a Chisora who's done is just trying, trying to fake his way out of it literally three, four times going into the corner and just laying there. And Parker stands back and is afraid to throw shots at the guy. I mean, you know, that that was annoying. Um, I thought, you know, Andy Lee, you know, a little surprising. I mean, I, I'm thinking Andy Lee, having learned at Kronk, you know, there's no doubt about that in the latter days of it and having literally come to the States and lived with Emmanuel Stewart. I mean, he, he was very close to him, really arguably the last fighter – that was really that tight to him. And, uh, you know, you know, he's given Parker instructions in the corner down the stretch saying, uh, you know, be, be, be careful. You know, you've got this one, you just got to be careful with this guy. And look, I'd be the first to say, obviously Andy Lee knows Emmanuel Stewart better than, than I did, but I can't help what I was watching that saying, is this really what Emmanuel Stewart would be telling, you know, Joe Parker here? Emmanuel Stewart right. screams at Joe Parker, say, "Get this guy! To, just got to say it to you. Get this guy the fuck out of here!" You know, why, why let this man hang around? This man is ready to go. You know, I can almost hear it right now. Uh, get you know, get this man out of there. So later in the fight, I was even disappointed with that. Now, don't get me wrong; it was entertaining, and Parker was better in spots, but Chisora just loses to anybody good. I mean, we got to get back to that, too. We're getting too far away from that. I mean, so, you know, Parker is what I thought he 
was this last few years, which I have been saying this for a few years, you know, this guy, pretty young for a heavyweight, he's got enough talent. He, he's going to hang around in the legit, like, transnational ring, legit top ten forever, never going to be the real champ, you know, the lineal champ. Um, but he'll be hanging around in, in the real top ten forever, but never being really at the top of it. And that just seems to be what he is on track for, uh, you know, I thought, and I got to say too, you know, it's making me almost rethink it because I've said, you know, here on the show and I've said it for years, you know, yeah, there's some bad judging, but people get carried away. You know, sometimes there's really a lot of subjective things in each round where it's what you like and could go either way. And some people just try to make the fights close by alternating rounds instead of just giving them all to one guy when the one guy's earned it. But with all that said, that, that judging was atrocious in that Parker, Parker Jasora. I, I have to sound yeah. like other people I've said got too hysterical. I mean, I have to get a little hysterical. That, that was that bad. I mean, three knockdowns and, you know, one, one fighter had it for, I mean, excuse me, one judge had it for Parker by two points. In other words, Chisora won more rounds. I thought, I thought it was a stretch a big stretch to give Chisora three rounds in that fight. And he got knocked down three times. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Even I got, had to throw up my hands on that one. And, and, and all the cards were too close. I mean, I, I had to say, I, I don't know what's, I'm not sure what was going on there, you know, but that was, that was odd. I mean, that was just plain old, at, at best, it was just plain old bad. So, you know, that was kind of my, that was kind of my take on, uh, um, you know, I did watch the Richards Gongora there. Uh, Richards, you know, I, I describe his style as an Americanized type style, and I do think that's accurate. And, you know, I, I had seen him fight a few times before, and the guy does have some, some boxing talent. He's just got no pop at all. But, you know, I didn't think Gongora was horrible in the fight, even though I thought Richards did do enough to win. I, some people there were saying, well, it was an outrage that Gongora got one card, but I, see now that fight, I actually did think, even though I thought Richards didn't win it, I did think that one was more of a what you like type thing too, because you know that one Gongora was he was moving forward the whole fight, being the aggressor. You know when he did land, he was landing the better shots too. So um, I thought there, you know, I did think Richards won it, but I didn't think like some people said, oh that's crazy. I, See, I didn't see that there. I thought, well, I, I could see both ways on that one. Um, so that was uh, – Yeah, I thought it was, was your... competitive. I, I yeah, had Richards exactly. winning, but I thought it was 7-5 of five or whatever. Right, exactly. I, that's what, that's kind of what I thought, Chris. I thought, you know, Richards did do enough. He, he did end up doing a bit better work where, yeah, 7-5 of five Richards was reasonable, but I, I didn't think somebody – thinking Gongora won that fight was outrageous. Um, and, you know, that division, again, I probably no need to go through it again at this point. There's, to me, definitely too many weight classes, and you see that with the 168. So what I'm just saying there with that said, I mean, even with that, just that one win, that weight class is so thin right now that really, you know, Richards is like a, a borderline top five guy. And, you know, Gongora probably, and I do agree with it. I mean, again, in that class, he probably performed well enough. You know, he, he has proven to me over the last few fights he does bring something to the table. 
He's a big, strong guy for the weight, and he does have some pop So uh, and looks to have a good chin. So, uh, you know, I, I can see that, but that's that's a very, very weak division. But that was kind of the that was kind of the highlights of uh, of that card. And then, you know, where you were at the Armory, which always looks like a good atmosphere. You know, we had the PBC undercard and, uh, you know, it goes through cycles around the time of the Cambosos fight. A lot of things were surprising me. They weren't playing out quite the way I thought. Now, the last few weeks, I do feel like I've had a pretty good bead on what's been playing out. Um, yeah, we talked about we didn't love Hitchens or Hawkins, and I thought that played out in the fight, but I just don't even, – even before the Matias KO loss, I just, I just don't think Hawkins is that talented, and I think we saw that in that fight. Why I mention that is I saw some takes of, oh, Matias took a lot out of him. Now – I'll be the first to say Matias has proven that he is a guy that will do that. But to me, watching Hawkins on his way up on the PBC undercards before that, he's just not that talented. And Hitchens, Hitchens is okay, not spectacular, but he didn't have any problems with him. And uh, then you had Valenzuela, who, you know, he, he's a legit real prospect. I mean, I I give Dulay credit for trying hanging in there and, that seemed to be everybody's take, and I agreed with that. But uh, he was he was overmatched. He was outgunned the whole way. Um, but you know that wasn't really obviously wasn't really competitive, even though Dulay tried. And then you know I, I did have a take different from others, and I thought in this case it played out. I mean I just thought the Fox Morel was going to be a mismatch, and it was. And uh, what I liked about Morel though. And we saw this the fight before that, sort of in this one. I like it a lot, actually. I mean, he's kind of seems conscious now that look, you know, I'm on national TV. This is a mismatch, but doing the opposite of like what Parker did, you know, like he's coming in now the last few fights and saying, I'm just going to get these guys out of there. I mean, I'm just going to show disdain, and I'm going to get these guys out of here. And even though he's only a few fights in with his amateur pedigree and what I saw very early on with him. I mean, I know he's got the boxing skill, so I like it. In other words, you know, he knows he could outbox these guys and bore everybody to death for 12, but he's saying, no, I'm on national TV. I'm just going to get these dudes out of there quickly and and work on power punching, and I think he's looked real good doing it. I mean, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, where is next and stuff, and I think it's hard to say because I I think nobody's going to want to fight him, so I think it's a matter of – you know, just PBC and PBC will do this at times. And you know what, when I think about it, this probably then almost could be a type of thing that would happen is, you know, they, they might just pay an Anthony Durrell a lot of money <laughs> to get in. I was just to about to say that him. exact thing. Cause it's technically, yeah. you know, fighters aren't going to give a shit. That's a belt to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, if you get, if you give them, and now they're, they're going to have to get paid to do it, but, you know, then they might say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get in there with them, you know, somebody like that. I mean, they they didn't make Benavides plant, so I don't think they would make Benavides morel. Right. Um, and I don't think they'd make plant morel. But, you know, at, at the stage that that Anthony Durrell's at and coming off, at least he's coming off a win, I could see them paying him enough to do it. But, like, one, these guys with another promoter, I mean, they're, they're not going to. They're not going to be. They're not going to be willing to fight Morel. And frankly, even if he had 
I hate to get that far into that because I hate the alphabet nonsense, but even if the sure. upper WBA belt was separated, I, you know, I, I don't see some somebody crossing over. Like, Ryder was never going to fight morale to me, and, I, and I've said that before. Right. You know, they people said, oh, no, the WBA, Ray, they're going to man he, He's not, I mean, Her, Hearn's not. Well, they're listening to Eddie, cross. you know. Oh, we want to fight. <laughs> exactly. We wanted right. to fight. You know, he said all that. Oh, they're the ones who actually asked. It's like, okay, dude, then make the fight. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is Eddie's Eddie's not sending him over cross promotionally when he's going to get knocked out? I mean, you know, the only time I really you saw him do that to me was with Campbell with Lomachenko. I mean, that was that was like out of character for him, you know. Like, I mean, because Hearns, I think, pretty. I mean, even though we joke a lot, it is true. A lot of his guys have been getting knocked out by previously unknown Mexican fighters, but. With that understood, he's pretty good usually at selecting. You know, there's been some surprises, of course, but he he he's, he and his people usually have an idea. Like in other words, what I'm saying is he he knows Ryder's not beating Morrell, and I, I don't care what anybody else says either. John Ryder, I got no problem saying that. You know, John John Ryder's not beating David Morrell. It's not happening. So, you know, like I heard you mention earlier before I came on, I mean, so yeah, and this probably is set, you know, Hearn's got, through the zone, he's got relationships with Ryder and Jacobs, and they're going to fight. problem with that fight, competitive-wise, and kind of the standing of the guys in the sport, even though Jacobs is, is a bigger star than Ryder, um, not bad, yet bad style matchup in the terms of both guys have tendencies where they're not going to throw. And, you know, we saw that with Rosado, and Jacobs, even though that wasn't Good Rosado's point. tendencies before that fight, but I mean, this this could be like a Rosado Jacobs too, and God knows we don't want we don't want that. I mean, you know, Ryder gets a lot of credit. For, I think too much credit for that Callum Smith performance, where you know Callum Smith was just kind of lethargic, but Ryder was kind of to me in that fight in the earlier rounds, kind of doing like the he, he's marching forward, but. But he wasn't opening up or anything like that. You know, he was kind of in a tentative mode. And the only thing I'll really give him in the fight, what I thought happened there that kind of influenced people is then I will just give Ryder this. It got to like round 11 and nothing was happening. And, and Ryder said, well, what the heck? Now I might as well go for, go for it. It doesn't look like I've got anything to be too afraid of here. And, and he did open up more than Smith in the last two rounds. I don't, I don't think that necessarily gave him the fight in that one, but. Just saying that, you know, then you watch them fight like Mike Guy recently, and he wasn't doing much. I mean, and Jacob's punch output has just dropped over the years. You know, he's got some pop, but but the punch output has just dropped so low that I don't know. For that reason, I'm I'm not that excited about that fight. Yeah, um, he doesn't look too motivated lately. After that Cadell no. fight, he just hasn't looked motivated at all. Now I know he's going back to his old trainer, so we'll see if that helps. Yeah, I mean, may, may, maybe, but, um, but you know, Morrell, he looks like the real deal. I, I rate him highly. I like, I just like his attitude he's shown, and he's got shields now. But I, I like this, you know, instead of being the boring boxer guy and saying, oh, I got to just win and move on to the next one, and I'm a master class guy. Not, nothing wrong with being skilled, but, you know, he, right. he's understood the situation in the last few fights. Yeah, and, there's a time and a and, place. There's a time and a place, and I like it. So I'm, I'm giving him a good grade for that. But, you know, we've talked about 
there is a lot of signs that, that PBC is kind of making a shift here on the Fox thing. And with that said, I, I like those atmospheres at the armory, but, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, we, we could be at the end of the Fox FS1 cards and, you know, you really wish there would be more competitive stuff for, for anybody that might be flipping around to see. And it doesn't, we're not really getting that down the stretch. Like you mentioned, we've got, Christmas night, Vito, Neil, Nicky, who I, I had the same take as you, much improved in the last fight, regardless of who he was fighting. And I think he, it was his punch variety. He he made an adjustment to me he needed to do where he got he had the good jab in the right hand, but for a prospect coming up for guys that you were expecting him to beat, he had gotten a little mechanical with that, and it cost him big time against Martin. He took advantage of it, and and he came out in that next fight, and he was throwing hooks, different power punches, and I thought that's what he needed to do. So I'd like to see that again. And and Joey Spencer looked good dominating Martin. People like to knock Spencer True. for some reason, but uh, I, I don't discount the guy at all as a prospect. He he does some Canelo-like things in there. It doesn't mean he's going to be Canelo or anything like that, but just the, the body type, um, kind of the skill set where – guy has some boxing ability but you know he's he's got some good pop can throw some good combinations um you know what he, he him and Mil Nicky are really young so let's see that but it's it's not not competitive fights not anything expected to be competitive and then we can finish up some of the other stuff on the weekend but I think it's worth touching on what you had just mentioned before I came on as well that leads to the Keith Eidick story to me seems accurate because we've got a Fox pay-per-view a week later on January 1st with the heavyweights, as you mentioned, a discount price. And now we know a month later we're getting this Thurman Barrios pay-per-view. And I agree with you. It, it wouldn't shock me if we see the, the, uh, the discount price. But what I don't like is this is reminding me a bit of, you know, pay-per-view in the form then of closed-circuit TV. We have to be honest. I mean, that goes back into the 60s with Ali and stuff. So you got you got to be fair. Like the younger fans will say, and they're right there. You, you, you can't forget this stuff has been around. You know, it didn't just get invented. But with that understood, it really proliferated in the real negative way to me. The, the first waves of it were in the early 90s with that TVKO thing, which was just HBO pay-per-view before they they changed the name right. to HBO pay-per-view. But what they did with that is the fight started out good, like you had, um, you know, McCallum and Tony. You didn't know it was going to be good at the time. People got to remember it's hindsight, even though it was Larry Holmes. But you had Larry Holmes, Mercer, things like that, and they were charging – you can take out your Department of Labor inflation calculator to figure out what the price would be today, but it's going to be about what this is, you know, when we're getting to the Don't do it this stuff. year. It was, right. <laughs> Don't do it's it towards right. this year with inflation. But yeah, yeah that might throw it out of whack, yeah. <laughs> but it was 1990. It, it started at 1995, and I remember you didn't like it, but you're like, okay, 1995, right. and, you know, they were putting some pretty good names on there, not the very biggest at the time. We know now these are Hall of Fame guys, but – you know, you got you got to, again. You got to take it when it was thirty years ago, and, and you didn't know exactly how everything was going to play out and be looked at. So, yeah, it was like, okay, these aren't your very top fights, but these are pretty good fights. I would have gotten them on HBO, 
uh, or, or you know, some of these even sometimes on USA once in a while at that point. Uh, and, and you but, had you know, more people gonna... to be like, hey, you want to chip in? You know, uh, you had more people because right. there's more boxing fans. You know, there w- there was still actually a little bit of an, an animal called the casual boxing fan. I mean, I know the <laughs> the term's thrown around now, but. What, what people get called casuals are really just lesser versions of hardcore fans now, or less knowledgeable. They're not really true casual fans. The, the true casual fans kind of gone. Um, but you had them then. You actually had them. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is, I think I thought it was a good thing at the time. You know, I think Al Heyman and when Dana White was saying, I think it was the truth, and I don't even think really Al Heyman. And, and the PBC people were denying it when they got started. I mean, they were kind of trying to do a UFC-type model with boxing, and I think that's what they're doing, but I don't think that they got it really probably set up ideally the way they had intended, but they're going with it anyway. So what I'm saying is this probably with this Fox part of the deal is this is probably now the, the UFC model getting run at you which is, you know, you're going to get one pay-per-view a month. And they're, they're probably right. – why I mentioned the TVKO thing was I think the idea – which, frankly, in a bad way, it did work for HBO and the TVKO right. people. <laughs> yeah. they, they got you conditioned to buy in more pay-per-views. And then the right. price went up. And then every, every, every fight imaginable started by, by like 2015, literally over that 25-year evolution, it went worse and worse and worse. Until every every fight with a pulse or not with a pulse was getting run on the pay per view, HBO shriveled up and died, uh, and then you know then the whole thing was kind of collapsing, and then you got the start of where we are now. But I don't know. Month, month, these are I don't I, I really don't like it because these are not these cards. You know I was willing to go for a few, and I'm going to get the heavyweight thing with the all heavyweights, but I, I'm not really good with getting this level of card run at me for thirty nine ninety five every month, which will ultimately be seventy nine ninety five as they keep doing right, it. Right, right. So uh, you know it, like Thurman it's funny, Barrios, just jump in real quick. Um no sure. I I did a little uh little research this last week and I'm gonna compile because I did get some feedback from this last week, John, and in other times we've talked about this and people don't realize um, how many fights were well under 300,000? You know, everyone's always, oh, dude, they, they wouldn't even put on a fight if it didn't do 350 back in the day. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, that is not true. And clearly right. they liked that Ruiz Ariola enough to keep it going, right? It didn't do that bad, obviously, because they wouldn't right. do it if it did, wasn't making them money a little bit anyway, or at least helping the budget, whatever. Um, but I'm exactly. going to compile a list with Barrera and Morales and, and, and Cotto and some names that you go, oh, really? They did under 200, they did 130, you know, so I have a list going, but it peaked in 2006 when HBO, they set a record that year. 99, they had set a record, but they only did four pay-per-views that year. And this is just HBO, there was other pay-per-views too. Right. But they were monster pay-per-views, so that's what got them over the hump. Whereas the 2006, by 2006, to your point, um, because it was it, it was overloaded even before the the Crawford Postal uh, in the the Golovkin Lemieux and that type of stuff you know where the budget yeah. got all messed up. Um, and you yeah. can see that the budget went literally from like a hundred million a year down to like thirty twenty and then as we said 
agency, they're out of business. But in 2006, right. HBO did 10 pay-per-views. One of them did 50,000, and some of them were big. But not one of them did a million that year. I think it was Oscar um, doing just short of a million with uh, – oh, my God. I, why am I blanking his name? Dude talks a bunch of shit. It actually was a good fight. He smoked cigarettes at the weigh-in and shit. Why am I? Oh, Mayorga. Mayorga. Yeah. Mayorga. Thank you. Thank you. And he, you know, he walloped them. It was actually a better fight than people thought. But they got all the way to ten, and that year, it hit twelve that year, uh, because Showtime and then some other uh, outlet did one too. So it really did go to that where you're at with the UFC, where it's twelve uh, a year right. and whatnot. I'll say this, though. What Idick said about because Porter is on this other stuff, I don't know if that's exactly why I would say that. I think we have more data to think that they're going this way just based off what we've seen. Because yeah, he said it was that, that, and it was something with the Fox deal that, that the Fox right. wasn't going to go with. It was, it was because those we two know things. the shoulder yeah. programming, the shoulder programming where Sean was more on, that got cut, and then this year they only had, besides the prelims, they only had two or three instead of twelve FS ones. To your point, um, so yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot, and we'll see. You, you never know. Maybe you know we talked about it last year a little bit, and I was hoping that they were going to maybe hold some of these off, and then when April, May, June, July, August comes, instead of competing with all these sports now. Then all of a sudden do two Foxes in one month in FS1s. And then, like, on FS1, that channel still needs ratings, so why not put them right after baseball at 9 o'clock? You know what I mean? And it's helped the ratings when they've done that. So that's what I was hoping for. Obviously, this was a funky last year because of the pandemic and the budget cuts, so we got to still figure it out. You never know. We're going to keep an open mind because you never know. If they did that, John, then I'd be like, okay, I see their plan. Why not? Why you know? Why spend all this advertising money for a pretty good rating? Hopefully, when you could maybe really do it when it's just baseball and golf, you know. So I, I hope. I hope that's. But that's just hope. The key word is you know capital H O P E. Uh, but it, the, the writing's on the wall, and for a variety of reasons, uh, like we've uh, pointed out here. Yeah, and it might be a good segue into part of the weekend, like. I think it probably didn't do that good going in, and it would have been a disaster, but it's just funny how things can go where you have a performance that people care about. Jake Paul switched a disappointing probably pay-per-view outing and performance into a viral boosting, right. keeping the train rolling with, with a vicious one-punch knockout of Tyron Woodley. And now the train's back rolling the way I see it because even I'm looking at it. You you were like, ah, we just saw this fight, and and he didn't knock out Woodley the first time, and he had some trouble. You know, if he's not knocking out these MMA guys, you know, what really is it building up to him fighting boxers? Um, But now he's done it. So so now, you know, and I think that there's something legitimate to this. And look, I know you, you know, you watch some MMA, so am I. So do I. I don't feel it's like a type of thing where, you know, you can't like boxing and MMA. I don't feel that. But I do agree that, you know, MMA likes to think they've taken a lot of play away from boxing a lot of times. And that can get on your nerves, you know, if you're a fan of boxing. So what I'm getting to is I do think Jake Paul has bothered the MMA fans 
And I do have a, a, a pretty distinct theory why, uh, and I know you have a wrestling background and stuff too. You'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. You know, as MMA went on and you had a lot of good wrestlers in there who, who really could prevent being taken down, you know, just from their, their wrestling background and guys just started brawling. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that's entertaining, but it's just kind of like lower level boxing and, you know, you had a lot of one-punch knockouts and things, but the MMA fan really thought that he or she was watching this really good quality boxing, you know what I mean? Like like within within the UFC, like, you know, talking about the stand-up game. And to see a guy like Jake Paul, who's a novice boxer, just knocking, you know, knocking these dudes, knocking out Woodley and Askren, I, I do think it, I do think it kind of, exposes that that stand-up in the MMA as not being that good. Um, and that kind of bothers the MMA fan and brings more interest to Jake Paul because they want to see, they want to see somebody beat him and he's got this social media personality. So, you know, he's fighting on Showtime. People can laugh all they want, but we know the game's money. I'm thinking he, he's on Showtime. Canelo just did a Showtime pay-per-view He's calling out Canelo. The point's not it's going to happen tomorrow or be competitive, but when you think about it, Chris, you've been watching boxing a long time. Even when it's kind of a mismatch, then what sometimes will get people clouded even though that know what they're talking about, which is this. If Paul knocks out a few more people with that right hand and then would be in with Canelo at 190 pounds, even if he's a you know 15-to-1 underdog or worse, you know, you might have some people saying, even if it's not realistic, like, well, if Paul just lands that right hand, you know, you never know. Like, Canelo should knock him out, but what if he lands that right hand? And that's just the thing when you start knocking people out like that. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna gain some interest if you keep if you keep doing that. So, I think he's kind of back on track. And then uh, I even caught the DAZN card with you know. Ramirez and Gonzalez. Gonzalez came to fight more than expected, and Whew. Ramirez got. I wasn't you know, expecting got, that. No, I even wasn't. Even though he, he looked like he was on skates half the time, I mean, yep. he fought hard. It, it was. It was bizarre, but you know, I'm not. I'm not down on Ramirez on it, just because Gonzalez was fighting that hard, and I did like Gonzalez earlier in his career. I mean, Ramirez, you know, he's just got some stuff going for him. He's, he's, he's still pretty, pretty young. He's got good size even for the light heavyweight division. He's got that body attack. He's tall. Um, and, you know, even in that fight, now, admittedly, Gonzalez was just swinging and he was totally open. But I saw Ramirez a little more accurate with his head shots than he has been. You know, I've, I've talked in the past about how he's kind of had a bizarre package where – He's got that accurate body attack. It's pretty devastating, but you know, then with a lot of fights, you, see, you don't see him punching upstairs really all that well. Now again, Gonzalez was wide open and just brawling, but I don't know. I thought Ramirez was a little more accurate up to the head and throwing more head shots than he normally does. And and in his case, that's kind of a good thing I think because he he's got that good body attack. So I got a feeling if he gets one of the top white heavyweights, he's going to maybe be a more interesting fight than people think. You know, I don't know if he's got a better shot 
at fighting Bivol because they're both on DAZN probably. But, uh, you know, I don't know if Peter Biev would be in play ever at all. Um, who, who knows? But he might he might be a little more live in, in those fights than I think some, some people think. And, and those fighters need to get, get a challenge. So I think he, he fits right now uh, in, in that, in that light heavyweight division. Yeah. Just to back it up real quick about that, uh, you know, the, the Paul fight on pay-per-view, you know, how we're saying, Oh, he's attracting, you know, these young, young fans. Well, they were about to get their first taste of a pay-per-view that sucks in the main event, you know, they were about to get yep. that, ah, that weird feeling at the end. You're like, man, that sucked. You know what I mean? They yep. were about to thought, get right. that feeling. <laughs> right. That's what so I thought close. it was headed for. And, and we both agreed there was kind of a loss of momentum going. I think both people, I think most people said it. Some people were even saying that I like to look at the social media. I don't believe that. I mean, the trending, I don't, I don't believe that automatically correlates with money, but it's it's a tool that's worth looking at that that even that was down but you you know it wasn't down once he got that knockout I mean that that's been playing all that's been playing all week it went viral uh, and you know we've talked about that before too and I've even heard my son you know a lot of, they do it in sometimes a different way but like you know the younger the younger generation like you know in the like you know, 27, 28 below, and then going even into like high school kids. Some of these kids have a little bit more interest in boxing and, you know, they'll watch it on, you know, they'll watch the YouTube, you know, the fights on old fights on YouTube, you know, they do it in just different ways. You know, you're watching viral highlights and fights on YouTube and, and, but you know, it's, there's some, there's some, you know, and and again, you do a little bit, because look, Jake Paul could have done something else you know, other than boxing, but he, he boxes. And I always think that that's bigger than people give it credit for. And it's a good thing. I don't know. I don't even know why people get down on it. I mean, boxing needs all the help it can get. So, you know, especially it, when I, you I don't do need think, to order it, you know, we're not forced yeah, to order it. Exactly. And I do think it's, I think it does. I, I'm not going to say how many, but I do think it helps bring younger people in. I mean, you know, my, my nieces are in high school. They know who Jake Paul is, you know, of course, through the social media, but they know he boxes. You know, I mean, I mean they know who he's fighting and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I hope it gets ridden as far as it can, really, because boxing needs something. I mean, if that's it, fine. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting in that sense to see where it goes next. But it, it looked like the whole thing. That's why you always got to hang in there, I guess. It looked like the whole thing was going to maybe sputter out and, I'd get bored, like you said, the feeling of a bad pay-per-view. The next thing you know, he's got this viral knockout, and, uh, you know, he, he's as big as ever. ESPN's all over it. I mean, you know, the, they didn't broadcast the fight. So, I mean, obviously it was sports newsworthy. Yep, no doubt about it. Any uh, other items you want to talk about? We did get the the news of the Spence Ugas you know, in the Stanonius and the Butayev fight, um, that was a, a bit of good news. I remember reading Jake's tweet, like, hey, I just got some good news. You know, I was like, thank God that they figured that out because that's such a ridiculous scenario. Yeah, I, I thought it was too. And I think, and, and this is not just PBC and Al Heyman for me, and, you know, Tom Brown and their promotions, I mean, Schaefer. It's with all the outfits. I mean, I, 
first of all, I always operate that even though they they make it look the opposite. I mean, come on, you know, the the WBA or the WBC, the way things kind of stand now, I mean, they're they're not going to not do what PBC wants them to do and you know, it, it, it's with, it's with all of them. I mean, the WBA is not going to not do what Warren and Aram want them to do. You know, you know. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, they know where they they know where they make their money. So, you know, when, when they were when when this was out there that the WBA was going to block Ugas and Spence and stuff, I was out there thinking like, really? You know, I, and you know that news was still out there and it's not happening. But I figured they had the power to get this set the way they want want it to and i just i didn't think pbc i think pbc the way they operate you know even you know because i, I think Heyman's had a long-term relationship i i know that Heyman and schaefer have had a long-term relationship you know going back to golden boy so you know i i think pbc wants to build up Onus, and i think they thought maybe well you know we would maybe maybe mind them fighting Ugas, but, you know, they, you know, obviously Spence is ahead in that pecking order. And, and you know, so it's then Stan Leonis is going to do something, you know, they're going to do something else with him, but he's getting Butayev's coming off the big win with yeah, James. Yeah, I think and he's they moved get that. him good. They've yeah, moved him yeah. good with every time he's getting a little bit better fight, you know. Yeah, that's a good matchup, and Spence Ugas is, so – I like it. I'm I'm with everybody else. I, I like it. I mean, I like the way they're doing this. I don't worry about the alphabet part, but I mean, Spence Ugas is no matter how you look at it, that's a top three matchup at worst. So uh, you can't argue with the matchup. The, the thing that that's starting to bother me a little bit is just what we were talking about five minutes ago. Is you know I'm seeing these, and you know you're right. You don't have to buy it, but still, just for the sport and. You know, you know, when, when you see a fight, those matchups, then you're like, okay, that's another pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just going to be the monthly pay-per-view barrage. It, it's coming in 2022, and they're gonna they're gonna see what happens. They better get those things way. back in the theater, John. <laughs> they better get them yeah, back yeah. in the theater, man, because I want that twenty dollar, I mean, uh, you know, pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings or something. I mean, yeah, at least having those options, and sometimes they do that, but yeah. Have, having yeah, yeah. some, having some options. I mean, yeah, and then we'll see. Now there's supposedly a DAZN pay per view coming because I was about to say the opposite. Like the DAZN deal was kind of overrated, but if you're going to get this big of a barrage, the DAZN hundred dollar for the whole year deal actually is going to start looking even better. Except they're going to start running yeah. pay per views, and then if it's just the zone and a bunch of sports we don't want to see and a bunch of fights we're not crazy about seeing. Well, then it's not that, you know, all of a sudden it doesn't look like that good of a deal. It looks like HBO at the end. So, and HBO had the other programming. So it's even worse. Right. Um, had Game of Thrones say, at the time. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can't say that. And then, you know, we see the signs with Showtime too. I mean, you know, look, we know there's a lot of good fights. Uh, you know, Figueroa and Fulton was a great fight, but you know, I can see the pattern there too. I mean, you know, you had Donaire. You know, he's a bantamweight, and that fight, Kripe, I think, start finished at two o'clock in the morning in the East. What I'm just saying is, yeah, shows going to give you little guys uh, with fights that are going to come on at one in the morning on the East Coast on your on your regular show, 
and you're going to get some show box with guys you never heard of, and then you're going to get everything else on pay-per-view. Like, I, this is what's starting to concern me. Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't – it seems like shows even at a point where, you know, if it's somebody fighting at lightweight and above, you're not going to see – you're not going to see him on regular show, you know, if it's a made event type fight. Um, you know, all, all the tanks fights. But at least they're giving us good fights, too. You know, that's yeah. what I'll say, because they have the best year. So it's uh, at least they – and they do – they also had an ex, some exhibitions now, I think, about, too, with the, the Mayweather and, and Paul and all that. But at least they're giving us some good fights. So it's like, all right, at least you're doing that. But to your point, um, you know, well, at the welterweight division, come... it's contender stuff. That's true. Yeah, and, and it might come to, too, is, you know, even though it's not the same as you're seeing the fight live, I mean, I, I kind of had – used to utilize that more kind of forgot about it a little but you know it's something that you might be looking back at you know you might be looking at again when you get this kind of pay-per-view barrage uh you you might look for your high quality broadcast of that pay-per-view that you didn't want to pay for and you've got show like you know the tank just like they've always did in the old days you know the tank replays the next week jake paul's going to be on this week and you're just going to maybe you know, maybe people will be looking for a stream. If they can't get a good stream, they'll say if they got show, they'll say, I want to watch it on my show next week. Um, sure. That type of thing. But at least they, at least they give you that, at least they give you that with it still. So um, like, I, you know, I know they're, they're replaying the Jake Paul um, this week. So at least you get that. At least you, you do get that too. I mean, yeah, they, they, they do have better quality fights. You're still getting, but I mean, I I guess what I'm griping slightly about is like, you know, at least on my regular show, you know, give me the high quality, you know, middleweight matchup, you know, with, with Charlo or something like that on regular show, you know, give, give me, a, give me a little, you know, give me a little bit of that next in, but um, we'll see. 2022 looks like it's going to be interesting for how this stuff's broadcast. I got a feeling we, we know Fox, it looks like is going all pay-per-view at least at the outset. Shows run more, but like you said, they've run some other good fights in the zone. In 54, they did give us the Undisputed this summer at 54. So 54, I guess, would be the only one above uh, 47. That, And that makes sense, given the, you know, the, the guarantees those guys don't get. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, we get Benavidez, but like you said, the top-level, top-level Benavidez, you know. If he fights plant, that's not paper. Right, right. Sure. that's the thing we're writing into, and that's. that's I like how you went back to 2006 because I think you got it. History is, yeah, you, yeah, that's the way I saw that that pay per view history is you got the oversaturation, and then by 2015, the oversaturation had gotten so bad that outside of you know Mayweather, Pacquiao, Mayweather, McGregor, and then Canelo, and it's not an exaggeration. I mean, that was it. I mean, it was dead. No, you're right. So, they had HBO had a nice spurt just because they had made money on that Pacquiao Mayweather. You know what I mean? They put it towards that. I remember them saying that. You know. Yep. And that was that right. was like their last hurrah, and then it fell off, like you said, the last year or two. Yeah, and and like you and I have said, just probably in wrapping up is I think this all also too is they they've got some feeling like that by having these guys on pay per view. Somehow it's going to lead to a pay to two pay per view stars that are going to give another, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather. Right, but, right. But they're just like shooting in the dark at a lot of this. I mean, you know, the guys just aren't getting enough initial exposure. So, 
Um, it's we'll short see. money, like we said. It's short money. Yeah, and we'll see. Well, one thing, I want the sport to do well but and us to get good fights, but what could happen, and it might even be in short order, you know, and this is not just for PBC. This is for all of them. I mean, you know, if when they're trying to run pay-per-view, say, in 2022, and then it's late 2022, and, and maybe it's already signs this isn't working. I mean, may, maybe then in 2023, after we go through a year or so, right. this, maybe then they're going to have to go back to where they were in 2015 and say, no, there, there's got to be more building here. Yeah, or maybe like, you know, um, what's what's the CBS, used to be CBS All Access, was it Paramount? Is that the stream that turned into yeah, that? Yeah, CBS, that, that's CBS's stream, Paramount Plus, yep. I mean, you know, maybe that's not that far away. Who knows? We'll see. No. Maybe CBS will say, hey, we like what we're getting on Showtime. We like that we can do some pay-per-views. How about we do this? You know? Yeah. We'll I, see, but I, then, you know, I've then we're back it. to exposure, you know. Of course, right. more, there's more exposure on Paramount than there is on the zone. Right, exactly. And I've never got that, too, like why – I mean, I'm sure they've got their reasons, but yeah, probably because they feel it gets them enough Showtime subscribers that they don't want to do that. But, like, you know, they've got sure. CBS Sports Network, too. I mean, it is the same corporate ownership. I mean, in theory – you know, they could run show boxes on CBS Sports Network. And they've run fights on CBS mm-hmm. Sports Network, but yeah. extremely low-quality ones. They haven't been doing it yeah, the last yeah. couple of years. But and when random they did, MMA it, stuff, and yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like really lo- the, the really low-quality stuff. So um, I don't know. I don't know, but we're, we'll see. It, it's, it's interesting because it really, to me, this whole thing is starting. It's starting with the Ortiz pay-per-view. Because one thing I'll say – wrapping it up it it has surprised me though like i mean fox because even though it's their own time it would be time otherwise sold to advertisers and and as we're speaking i'm watching it right now during the nfl game um yeah you know just i've got the sound off i just see there's the ortiz martin promo so Uh yeah they'll promote they'll still promote no matter what the hell it is (laughs) they're promoting i mean they're promoting it like they're not putting it on pay-per-view and not from not giving it a try so Yep. It, yep. It's going to be an interesting That's year. That's what scares me, John. That's what scares me. <laughs> right. They it's are spending be... marketing money on that. <laughs> yep. I mean, from a broadcasting <laughs> perspective in boxing, there's always something going on in boxing like that. But it's going to be an interesting year starting January 1st. I mean, mm-hmm. what they were doing is kind of wrapping up with the Neil Necky card on, on Christmas night. And January 1st is going to be a new thing. And with the Fox PBC side on, on, on that part of the deal. And we're going to see, and Showtime is running more pay-per-views than ever. So we're going to see we how it's going to go. Yeah. We're and assuming then we got January, February, March. The zone's March, talking so. about it. Yeah. And top right. rank was at least half in the act with Fury Wilder three and Crawford Porter, you know, Crawford and they Porter. They have so. to do something with Fury too. You know, you never know. That might have to do on yep. pay-per-view just because of that bottom line, you know? Even if it is would Dylan think, White in the UK, they're probably going to have to do that. I would think that's probably right. I mean, I think we're probably at that point. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But that's probably probably about it. Probably be about it for this week. Uh, you know, Amanda Serrano, she is fighting good, as you mentioned. I just just not don't want to leave her out. Uh, she's got good pop. You know, for the women being forced to fight the two minute rounds is a disadvantage there and. You know, they're talking about the her and Katie Taylor, but again, even with the in, on the women's side, 
nobody's kind of explained to me how promotional exactly that's going to work. I mean, I guess she's with Jake Paul, right? But that's been on Showtime, and we we know Katie Taylor's Hearn, and you know, Hearn's got his. Yeah, it would have to be the go feature on a paper. Shit. Yeah, I don't. Uh, some I always like to try to figure it out, but I, I always wait. And if you can't tell me how that works promotionally, then I have to wait before I'm going to consider that fight's going to happen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you wonder if it's the money's just going to be so good that they'll, uh, they you know he'll he'll allow it. And you know how much more tight ass fights. She's not young per se. So, no, she's not. You know. Does Eddie want her in there with Amanda, you know, or does he want to wait another year? You know what I mean? I I can't blame him on that if that's my fighter, you know. Yeah. If Serrano's that's what, going to get on her, you know what I mean? It's not going to be, yeah, a, that, this, oh, a tight round? No, I'm coming for you. That's the way I always try to look at it. I try to say, you know, I try to be realistic at how the promoter is going to look at it business-wise before I say, oh, that fight's going to happen next or it should happen. Yeah, we might want to see it, but – you know, it, it's got to make sense in my head for how how the, the the promoter can make make it work for himself business wise. All right. Well, you have yourself a good um, Christmas and happy holidays in general. We'll definitely uh, talk to you next week, John. All right, Chris. Have a good uh, Christmas and uh, New Year. Talk to you before then. But thanks for having me as always, and uh, enjoy. Uh, Enjoy the fights, I guess, on Christmas night if you get to catch those. And for one day in like 10 days from now, we're going to be bitter rivals for one day. That's right. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> it's going to be serious stuff here. We're going to row the yeah. boat on down to Arizona. That's right. It's uh, it, it's uh, West Virginia taking on Minnesota. And uh, it's uh, – <laughs> I think it might be a competitive game. I, I, I'm even going to say yeah, Minnesota's, a, Minnesota's a rightful favorite, but uh, could could be competitive. And uh, we've oh, got yeah. that coming up on the 29th, too. So uh, we've got some non-boxing action coming up as well. For most of the season, they were a tough club to deal with. They weren't uh, just a walkover, nothing like that. Their record, they're a little better, it seems, uh, than their record says. Yeah, and, and West Virginia was up and down. I mean, they had some dreadful. That's what I'm saying. West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think Minnesota had a little better season overall, but yeah, West Virginia right. was. Well, there, there were some games they were a pushover, but uh, then there was other games that were competitive. They, you know, it was, it was Texas and Kansas. The we'll, we'll talk about that later. But Texas and Kansas, yeah. the bottom of the Big Twelve. Uh, they did look <laughs> better against those teams, but you know, Texas always, even if they underachieved, they they do bring the talent in. Uh, recruiting wise and pedigree, so I was at that game. That that wasn't that wasn't bad for the last home game of the season. So, but I see that Minnesota handled Maryland a lot, of, and West Virginia lost to them. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. We will see. You take it easy. Have a good night. All right. Take care, Chris. Yeah. All righty. Yeah, man. I mean, we're gonna find out about this. You know, I, I really hope. I don't know, because in the same time, I you know, well, there's going to be whether it's Fox or whether it's Showtime. You know, Showtime did do their big announcement uh, last year, so and there has been sometimes where they go every other year in a sense where Fox gets it. So yeah, you know, part of me, a, lot, a large part of me, pause, um, 
is hoping that they get back, you know, that it's that cuz the one thing I'll say is is this like is this the trial year? Well, it's it's a trial year obviously because they only have one year on the deal, but Fox did you know, kick it in. In the contract it was a four-year deal, but three years for sure. So why would you it, I've always felt kind of strange about that. Does that kick in does the clause like exercise some negotiations? Are they thinking about extending and they're they're right there in talks? Is this kind of what you know? Hopefully, it's not you know uh, twelve of them. Um, it's I don't I actually don't think it'll be every month uh, just on Fox pay per view and, and then they won't do Fox and um, FS1 personally right now. I don't. I don't I don't know about that. Um it just seems weird if you're going to do that is Fox did they did they need a little bit more time to replace some content especially like say on FS1 you know um, cuz they they do okay and they're consistent on FS1 the ratings are big but then when you look at the average rating on FS1 and where they rank them you know in cable um, it's not bad either if you look at what baseball, uh, per se, and soccer does on there, besides the big games and whatnot. But um, that I don't know. It just seems strange to just extend one year and then, uh, you know, is this, is this the trial year where they're going to try some new stuff? They're going to – now they got a budget back. Um, I'm not saying fully back, but – you know, it also is strange that they were willing to put out so much damn money. I mean, the Spence and Pacquiao fight. I mean, that's a lot of money. So they were ready to do it. They they had it signed. You know, so it, it, it's kind of like to say that Fox is going to be gone, can't say that right now, because why in the fuck would you spend so much money on those fights? Man? You know, it just seems like why not just let the deal run out? Like I said, are they trying to replace it with something and they need another year? Are they trying to see, okay, what's this, you know, I hope it's only six or something here just for Fox. Uh, I was cool with the four every season, basically. That was cool. That was fine. I was okay with that, especially if they're in the theaters. Then they're 20, 22, 25, that is where you live. I was cool with that. I mean, I could watch three pay-per-views for 75 bucks. I'm fine with that. That's, that's way cheaper than a night out drinks or whatever but um as a boxing fan and just keeping fox around because they do promote the shit out they promote better than espn that's for sure i get why but um obviously ufc is a much larger commodity for espn over there but could they be tweaking these that you know they what was it 10 a year for fox was it 10 a year or was it 12 no, it was 10. The deal was 10 a year, and it seemed like two of them were like prelims or pay-per-views. And then so it was basically eight prime time. And I remember when that deal came out, I was shocked that they were willing to do 10 of them. Shocked. Couldn't believe it. So are they going to do – are they going to cut that? Are they going to do six to eight, and it's really just six? Are they going to bring back the FS1s? You know, I really wish they'd bring back those FS1s. Not just prelims. You know, they've done a couple this year, like I mentioned, but there's something to be had uh, 
after baseball games. And I keep saying that because the MLB has a deal with Fox and MS1, you know, so um, we'll see. But as a boxing fan, Fox promotes the shit out of their fights, and that exposure does help regardless, you know. But we'll see. You know, maybe they'll just do four to six really good ones. You know, whatever. We'll see. Anyway, um, I'm going to go out to Portland, Josue, 503. Let's get it in. Then we'll talk some current fight news. We'll talk about that undercard of Thurman Barrios. Hopefully, like I said, a lot of those Fox fights were in the theater, so I'd definitely go to the theater for that because I like that undercard. Anyway, let's go out to Portland, see what's going on. 503, man, what's going on? Hey, yo, 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 what up, what up, Chris? Hey, yo, I'm doing good. Here in cold-ass Oregon, uh, everything good here on my side, but how, how's everything, brother? How how you doing, Chris? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I uh, tested positive this, mor- uh, this morning for COVID, but I feel okay. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Oh, oh man, no, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I got it from uh, at my brewery. There's a bartender that got it, and I closed with him on Friday night. So oh, uh, I first thought, oh, well. the armory. I must have got it in the armory, you yeah. know, but uh, indoor and whatnot, a lot of people. But I was in the balcony, and I never really walked through the big crowd, so – so yeah, it's, we got a little mini uh, spread going, but I, I, I'm okay. I, like I, I'm good. That's good, Chris. Right now. Hell yeah, man. That's good to hear, brother. That's good to hear. You know what I mean? Because everybody else has. Uh, I know everybody. Ha- everybody ha- uh, else has different symptoms, and it's uh, pretty serious. So you know. But I hope you're feeling well, Chris. And you know, good for the holidays. I hope you could put something in the air still. You know what I mean? And enjoy that at least. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole different level. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, brother, let's get into it. Hella, a lot of boxing. Uh, last week, let me shout out to Nonito again, the knockout, uh, bringing back uh, the Filipino, uh, uh, the, that whole era again, which I love. Um, if, everybody, if anybody remembers that, uh, that era. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to Nonito again, the knockout. Um, and uh, let's get into this. Uh, this weekend's fights. Uh, uh, let's first off, uh, shout out to the ladies. Uh, as far as uh, uh, Estrada, you know they, they both put it on. Uh, they, they had the, uh, they had fights. Good call. Um, Estrada Estrada got the KO. Uh, Estrada, as far as uh, as far as got the A side treatment, which which was cool to watch. You know what I mean? It, it, in all honesty, I don't know. It's kind of when you see stuff like that and you notice it, you know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool to talk about. And if, it, if no one's noticed, if no one knows what I'm talking about, you should go back and watch that because she got really a big side A side, a side treatment with the uh, the two. I got to say the two false knockdowns, knockdowns but, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, you know, people got to go look, in the, look at them and uh, just enjoy them, you know, because, I mean, it's leading up to their uh, to the rematch, right? So uh, it's going to be fun because Estrada got her KO uh, over uh, Santizo. Uh, you know, that was a fun fight to watch. Estrada, Estrada comes in there with power, which I liked. Uh, 
You know what I mean? Uh, not a lot of these girls have power, but uh, she brings it. And, uh, and, uh, and also, too, Chris, like I'm always saying, man, I'm hoping one of these girls one day, man, especially like uh, I was, I'm hoping to maybe Amanda, uh, Amanda Serrano leading with this fight uh, with uh, uh, Katie Taylor, I hope. for uh, I'm hoping they make it a 12-round a, a, a uh, fight with three minutes. I'm just hoping somehow just I just I'm, that's what I really wish happens just to change up history and just to move forward with the uh with the uh with the women's division cuz I think you know moving forward uh there's going to be like more girls getting into this into this sport I think with uh with there's so much eyes now on Amanda uh, Amanda uh, 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 Amanda Serrano uh, I I believe uh you know you know, women's uh, women's boxing is as at all, is is in a, uh, at an all time high right now. Like I think, you know, uh, moving forward with three uh, three minute rounds, I think that's what needs to happen next for the ladies. Uh, that's just my take uh, on that. But you know, shout out to them. They got uh, they got some shine over the weekend. Uh, not a lot of people talk about them, but I wanna uh, them. Uh, and also uh, the also the the main event man um uh, Gilberto Azurdo Ramirez uh Unesky Gonzalez man uh this or should I call Unesky the zombie man that dude man that dude could take dude. some punches and give him back holy crap that dude could just come forward like that uh, dude that, that's what I'm talking about bro these guys that uh, that come from uh you know the different country uh Cuba right man when they're hungry bro they're they're going to come out to fight bro that immigrant mentality that I love it man it was a it was definitely a fight to watch that one to not miss man and um I would tell the the casual fan if you, even if you miss this one you want something to watch uh just to, just to kill some time or something you yeah. know uh watch this one because this one was fucking badass man uh I, I just liked it, it was a lot the best because fight uh, of the weekend uh, I'd say I think it was the best fight yeah, of the weekend Yeah most de- yeah, most definitely, man, because I love how Gilberto, uh, you know, Zurdo had some trouble right there in the beginning, uh, had, had some diversity uh, some diversity to get through, uh, you know, some a lot of big punches from uh, Gonzalez, who got through them, and then also Gonzalez was able, if you caught it, Chris, uh, he was able to get, uh, get away with a, what I like to call a Hopkins or a Bernard Hopkins headbutt, uh, you know what I mean, and um uh, Ramirez, I gotta say, took it pretty well, man, and uh, it was it was forcefully though, man. That was that was some sort of a, that was a, that was a headbutt, man, to remember. But uh, but Ramirez uh, pushes forward, and uh, you know he gets the uh, the tenth round stoppage. And I believe, man, and if I could say something, I, I you know uh, I I don't believe that th- that was warranted for a stoppage. If, if anything, give him a you know I know there's no standing eight counts, but like at least give him that or something because this is like a uh, I don't know. I think he was still in the fight. I, I don't believe uh, he was that, you know, beat up. Um, but it, but in all honesty, uh, I, I did like the results. Uh, Ramirez goes forward, like I said. And, and what I love, too, uh, with the post-fight uh, interview with uh, Ramirez is that he, you know, there was really no uh, talk about Canelo. Like, he, did, he, he was eyeballing, and he called out uh, Bivol, which I like, man. And, uh, you know, he's you know, trying to make his own lane, and he's trying to, you know, do his own thing. So uh, that's what I really like and respect out of Ramirez, that he's not trying to, like, you know, be like any of, any of these other fighters, like, uh, you know, like uh, Andrade or Triple G. Like, they're all just, you know, uh, you know they're all just trying to wait uh, to get uh, the, the Canelo shot. And um, that, that, But I like how Ramirez is trying to go at Bivol. Uh, I like that fight. If not, hopefully, hopefully, uh, better beef because better beef. Man, if I could uh, segue to better, uh, better beef, uh, and um, 
uh, Marcus Brown, man. Uh, that fight was, uh, man, what can I say? That one was bloody as hell. Like, you know, if, if anybody was watching that one, holy crap, that uh, that headbutt that opened up for uh, Better Beef, man, he, that dude just looked like a Terminator after that. He he was he was just unstoppable. So for some reason, that woke his ass up, uh, you know, with that blood. You know, all that, looked like Frankenstein. Frank, yeah, exactly, bro. Just coming, just coming forward, bro. Just, holy crap. And, uh, you know, uh, Marcus, Marcus Brown did get – he did uh, good for like the first, like uh, the first few rounds, and then I just believe uh, it was just too much. His uh, his pressure, his power forward, uh, just, uh, just he just got, it was overwhelming. Obviously, he got the stoppage. So uh, man, uh, better be looks good. And uh, hopefully, you know, now that these fights uh, are clear, man, uh, you know, no one's like, uh, there's really no, uh, you know, everybody's free. I hope these fights could be made. You know, some unifications out, uh, 100, 175 could be unified in uh, 2022, man. Um, it, it's looking really good, man. And um, but yeah, and uh, and also too, man, I didn't get to, I didn't, I only saw the knockout, uh, the, the the pretty much the the event that stole the weekend. I gotta say. Uh, Jake Paul versus uh, Tyron Woodley. I, you know this fight, man. I didn't watch it. I didn't buy it, but uh, it, it was hard not to stay uh, tuned to it. Um, Woodley got KO'd pretty badly there, man. Well, Jake Paul. Jake Paul showed that he could actually KO a, a real fighter or you know a fighter, I, I should say. Um, obviously, the guy's a UFC dude, um, so uh, you know. The, take it as is he uh, you know i like that he's you know calling out all these mma dudes that's cool um let's see if he when when he does get in the ring with uh with a with a real boxer you know obviously he was supposed to fight a fury he pulled out for you know for uh the, you know some reasons i believe it was for injury and feel, feeling ill um but hopefully that fight could still be made in 2022 um but if not if not hopefully he could uh still fight one of these MMA dudes, man, and it's, it, man, it's, it's crazy, man, this guy, Jake Paul is, he has stolen, like, uh, like the, the spotlight, like, man, it's like all these other podcasts are just all talking about him, nobody, that you cannot go into any other boxing outlet and not hear Jake Paul, man, uh, you know, the kid's doing it, uh, only five fights in, um, you know, <laughs> the big things for him, man, in the future for 2022, man, uh, let's, let's, let's see what happens with him, uh, uh, maybe if I could, if I could pick a fight for him, uh, you know, I would like to see one of these, like, uh, like the Diaz brothers, um, you know, that, I, I don't know, something like that, you know, that, that, that would make some noise. Oh, actually, you know what, hold on, hold, hold on, they, I forgot about the, what the internet's talking about right now. It's, uh, my guy, Chavez Jr., bro, uh, uh, they're, they're all talking about Jake Paul right now and him and, uh, you know, like, obviously, man, I'm, I'm Mexicano, so I got to root for my Mexicano. Chavez Jr. all day. Hopefully, you know, with this fight, he could take it fucking seriously. But we'll see, man. Um, obviously, he's always let me down. He's always let his father down, and he's always let Mexico down. So, uh, but man, um, if this fight happens, man, I'm just hoping Chavez Jr. shows up. If, if I could have a wish, you know. <laughs> um, but man, and uh, but yeah, man. A shout out to Amanda Serrano also getting the the knockout. Uh, or no, not not the knockout. Uh, or the, did it get UD or I, I don't remember. But uh, uh, shout out, out to her. She, uh, she got she got the what? Pretty sure she knocked her out. I didn't see the whole fight, but I'm I, pretty sure she knocked. Her out. Yeah, I didn't see the fight either. But uh, but I saw the girl's face, man. That girl looked like a like a different human being, you know. So, uh, but man, uh, well, what can I say? Let's uh, a lot of like. Uh, so much has happened, like with with boxing and and uh, and also too, man, Chris. If I could, I wanted to make a comment 
about uh, all these all these uh, pay, uh, PBC cards going to pay per view. Obviously, they've uh, they you know shut down the uh, the price down a little bit. Um, but I'm looking at these cards, right, and they're like they're they're really cards that should be, you know, on these uh, Fox, uh, you know, on Fox or FS1. And uh, you know, to me, even as a even as a hardcore boxing fan, makes me like just uh, it makes it hard for me to agree and and to purchase these. Obviously, when uh, when that day comes, obviously it's going to be hard not to uh, push the uh, the buy button. But uh, but man, uh, but I got a question for you, uh, Chris. Like like with this move, right? Um, are, are we slowly seeing uh, like P like or boxing like bo- boxing in general like just coming getting off the TV? Like like are we slowly seeing that uh, like being removed? I mean, the off TV. There's probably there's probably I don't know how many fights, but. We have way more fights than we used to have on TV five, six years ago. So I, I don't think mm. it would be off TV because, like okay. I said, if you if you go top rank the Fox in in the Showtime, I mean, it, there's probably and then well, the Zone is off TV, right? Technically, um, I don't think it's going to be off TV. I mean, Showtime would have to, they would have to move everything to Paramount then. That would be off TV, but I highly doubt that. I mean, first of all, ESPN has a, still has a good chunk on their deal left with the, you know, with top rank. So, yeah. um, like I said, if we flash back about seven years ago, we have yeah. way more boxing on TV than we ever did. Uh, like, in a long time, I'm not talking seventies, eighties and stuff, but we're talking like, you know, we've gotten to probably 50 cards in some of these years you know, on TV. So the whole off TV, I don't see that. I mean, unless we go a decade or something when, you know, when cable is deteriorated so much where there's only 30 million subscribers to cable or something like that, that's a decade, 15 years from now. I'm not talking about that, but, um, no, not off TV. No. I, I don't oh, okay. believe that, but you know, in, in ten or fifteen years, could it mostly be on streaming? You know, like Paramount or whatever, and ESPN Plus. Sure, yeah, that could be. But ESPN just—I uh, mean, the NFL just signed a new deal. The NBA just signed a new deal. Like TV, cable TV is deteriorating. You know, no doubt, but it's still got like seventy-five million people that watch it. You know what I mean, or that buy it. So yeah. We're far away from that. So ultimately, yes, probably ultimately. But mm-hmm. no, nah, I doubt it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just because of the deals, you know? So may, maybe Showtime will say, hey, we don't want to do it on – I mean, I don't think they'd be this invested. I mean, they just they just spent $50 million on a Canelo fight. So th- that tells me they're mm-hmm. – and they made money on it. So I don't, I, that tells me they're on – they're invested. You know what I mean? And, 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 yeah. and Fox just put what would have probably been $30 million down on that Pacquiao Spence. That's not, you know what I mean? you got to find that money. So I, I wouldn't say that unless we mean overall stream. But I don't know. I just think that they found uh, this type of, I don't know when you started listening or whatever, but we kind of broke it down. Like the, 
In 2006, they had 12 pay HBO had 10, and there was two other pay-per-views that year. Because you got to remember, the UFC does one every month. So yeah. they're still on TV as well. You know, so, no, I don't think it's off TV. But I do wonder as far as if it's a weird thing to be invested in putting money down, risking money for Fox to not air FS1 or Fox cards. You know, so mm. we're in a flux. I really don't know. That's a good question, though. But off TV, no. Yeah. But we'll see what Fox gives us this year. You know, now I'm going to be going to the theater a lot <laughs> and some of these because it's 20 bucks. Um yeah, because I like the undercard for that. That Thurman, if they made that Thurman Barrios forty bucks, like the Ortiz one is, I like the undercard on that. Sign me up for that card. Mm-hmm. But if it's full price, then I'm going to the theater. Yeah, definitely. And are these will these fights be uh, be available on theater? Like, are these big enough fights to be there? Well, all the. Besides the pandemic, of course, they didn't have any pay-per-views during the yeah. pandemic on Fox. But all the Fox pay-per-views have been available in the theater. Mm. Oh, okay. The oh, Fox wow, app. because, damn. I, oh, okay. Yeah, because I've never seen – like, I don't think we have that here. Like, I know they've had the uh, Canelo fights, but that, I think that was the, uh, that's the biggest, you know what I mean? And uh, But, yeah, man, and uh, – Yeah, all yeah, the – like, I saw weird. spent – I went on a – four in a row or four out of five where I saw mm. every one. The only one was uh, Pacquiao Thurman. I went up and visited my nephews and nieces and, and we all watched it there. But other than that, Spence Porter, Spence Garcia, like this last, uh, well, Fox was involved half. The Wilder Fury, that was in the theater, but that is a bigger fight or whatever. So I don't know what 2022 holds for the theater. But what I do know is yeah. every single Fox one has been in the theater, if that answers your question. Uh, oh, wow. Holy crap. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, because, damn, this is, we don't get that here at all. <laughs> yeah, none, none of so those Portland fights. Portland has never gotten any. those, really? No, I mean, we got like a like a, like a a Regal Theater Big one. and uh, some other yeah. shit. But, <laughs> but oh. no, man, as far as that, no, the, the only one was – I was very surprised that they had the Canelo on the zone one. That one, you know what I mean, the, like that, you know. And uh, But, no, nah, man, they didn't even have, yeah, like, Fury, uh, Wilder 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember yeah, they and, had uh, you but, yeah. signing up outside of the theater to the to the app. I remember – Is that what they did? Yeah. I'm not saying well, it every uh, theater, but I know, I know some people. I didn't go to the theater to watch it, but – I, I definitely yeah. heard a variety of people say that, that that you signed up right before you went in the theater or whatever. Huh, that's weird. Oh, uh, okay. Huh, that's awkward. That's, wow, some, I guess it's different areas have different protocols and shit or uh, different, uh, I guess, things to, uh, things to do, but damn. Uh, but no, I mean, and, uh, but yeah, man, as far as... Mm-hmm. I'll give you this, this website that uh, even if uh-huh. it's a watch, <clears throat> even if it's at a bar for free or like 15 mm-hmm. bucks or 10 bucks. There's this uh, Joe's, why can't I think of it? Joe's boxing or Joe's something. And it, and it, it, all you gotta do is put your area code in and you know what's in your area. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll link that to you. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. For sure, bro. And, uh, but yeah, man, but as, but I was going to say, as far as the, my, uh, as the, uh, the pay-per-view question that I had is just, it's just awkward seeing, you know, kind of like, you know, the headlines of, uh, you know, Charles Martin being pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Like him headline, I don't know. It's uh, I, it's just uh, definitely, I don't know, man. It's just uh, 
Ortiz, uh, I mean, I'm supporting, right, 100%, but it's just uh, Charles Martin. I mean, we, we know who the hell Charles Martin is, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to, you know. Fight. Uh, great, great uh-huh. fight. Great box fight. That's mm-hmm. what it would be. <laughs> but right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. But uh, and, uh, as far as that, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, man. As far as that, I don't have too much to say. And also, before I get out of here, man, I want to uh, say, uh, uh, arrest uh, Vicente Fernandez. He had passed uh, like uh, last weekend, I believe. And uh, you know, if I could share a moment of uh, just uh, about him, he's uh, uh, he he was a big influencer for Mexican boxers. A lot of boxing, a lot of boxers came out to his music. And if I could share one uh, real fast uh, of a memory of my favorite time was uh, when Marquez fought uh, Pacquiao for the fourth time, and Marquez came out to El Rey, uh, Vicente Fernandez El Rey. And, uh, you know, everybody in the crowd, everybody in the, the audience sang it because everybody knew the lyrics. And it was, it was just badass. It was just a cool time uh, in boxing and a cool moment in, uh, you know, in that history for Vicente Fernandez and just in Mexico in general. So, uh, but, I, but I just want to share that fast. And, uh, before, and uh, yeah, but, uh, but also, Chris, thank you for having me on. Also, I want to wish you and your family a very, uh, very uh, Merry Christmas. And also, Chris, I hope you feel better. Uh, soon, and uh, also put something in the air this holidays. Uh, Viva Rubido Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones! Yes, sir. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all that good stuff. That's how I found out this morning that I didn't have my sense of smell. I said, you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to take a big old whiff of something. Because you'll always know that. Monday morning when I woke up, I opened up the little stash, gave it a whiff, and I could smell it just fine. But that's when I knew I got to go get tested. I opened that stash up, couldn't smell a damn thing. And I was like, oh, okay, we got a problem. I think we may have a problem. Of course, uh, two summers ago, I lost, uh, it just, you know, sometimes when you're sick, you just lose your, your taste or whatever. So I did that then and I didn't get it. So, But this, the new variant is weird because it's, it spreads way more, but it's less effect. Like it, it, it's broken down a little bit, so it doesn't mess on average as much. Like you said, you know, people in this country, we have a lot of, uh, you know, people with some stuff going on inside, right? Uh, that's not diabetes and really pre-diabetes. And the pre-diabetes is scary because a lot of people don't know they have it yet or they're right on that level. And those, you know, are the folks – Sometimes you don't know until all of a sudden something like this happens. So you're right. It, 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 it varies all sorts of stuff. But if it does get to you, man, it, you know, I've, I've seen plenty of people that you could say, oh, healthy, and they run, and they work out all the time. They eat great. They're, you know, organic and vegan, and, and then all of a sudden they're really sick. So, yeah, man, I feel good, though. I do feel good. Uh, I just literally have. Like my, I can breathe. Like my nose is not clogged. Clogged. You can hear it in my voice. My voice is a little raspy. Um, I cough once in a while. I sneeze once in a while. Um, but I, I don't have the the two big things. I don't have a temperature, and I don't have a breathing. There's no like lack of like, huh? I can't take full breaths or something. That's when I know it'll suck. Um, but yeah, I think I pretty much contracted it. Or, uh, contacted it, uh, I think Friday with somebody I worked with that I, and I spent like probably an eight hour shift with them. So all the way to the end of the night. So that's, that's probably where I got it. You know, I first thought I, like I said, I, I thought it was the armory because, you know, it's over 
thousand people. Even though I'm in the balcony, you are walking by people. But I get there so early that there's there's not a it's not full in there. You can walk and it's there's plenty of room. Um, and then in the balcony, you're up top. And even when the press was sitting, we all kind of spaced out a little bit. So I thought at first, oh, I must have caught it in there. But then I can't come to find out yesterday that uh, a, you know an employee uh, is uh, is sick. So I think that's where I got it. But like I said, you know, in my line of work, I, I was go- it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, because that's the thing. You can wear a mask, and a lot of times that does the trick. But, you know, the droplets hang in the air. That's the whole thing. And so they can get, they can go right in your eye. That's why you see people don't believe that. Well, people don't believe a lot of stuff when it comes to this. But people don't understand that the droplets can just go in your eye. Um, that's why you see doctors and, you know, they all have the fucking goggles on. Why would they have goggles on if, you know, it's, it's pretty basic shit. So that, it, it could have been that, too, you know. Um, so who knows? But, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I got a couple messages as well. I really appreciate uh, everybody's kind words and stuff. But, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm definitely – I'm not trying to woe is me or nothing like that. I'm doing good. I'm really happy that I'm doing good. But, you know, the big thing is, um, you know, tomorrow morning. Let's see how I feel tomorrow morning, which hopefully I'm good. I got. I actually just uh, ordered uh, some tests to come, the home kits. I actually heard that the, the government's going to have, like, hundreds of million by next month that you just go on a website and they'll send you a free test kit, which is a great – like, with this spread during the winter, that's the best thing because then you don't – like, today, I went in this damn little clinic, and it was a little-ass fucking hall, and I, half the time I was outside, but if you're sick, do you want to sit – you know, in cold weather, do you want to be outside? That's the thing, like – it's it's just kind of funky like that. You can go to the hospital and get it, you know. And you're like, wait, I was just going to get a test, you know. Uh, but it doesn't hurt to get a test, you know. That they, they go fast when they hit the shelves, or at least in Minnesota. So a lot of times you got to just order it online until uh, next month when they they're going to have a rollout, which I think is the way to go, man. Just just roll it out, make them free, and send them or, or dirt cheap, five ten bucks or something like that. At the store, I saw them for like twenty. Online, I saw them for like 20, 10 or 20. So I have uh, two two test kits with two tests in them. Then you go another 24 hours, you take it, you basically try to, you know, try to back-to-back negatives uh, within a 48-hour thing or whatever. So I, I don't even know when it actually kicked in, you know. Could I have tested positive on Saturday? I hope so, you know. So that means it's, it's going to be Wednesday or soon. So I would be on the other hump of it, but we'll see. Anyway. Uh, we do have a fair amount of fight news. Of course, we'll do a little boxing Twitter. We won't go over the top with that. I did get a bunch of, uh, I don't know, there's not a ton left in the show. There's like 15 minutes left in the show. So I'm not going to sit there and not every week can I go back and forth with people that message me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it, it'll be the same people like a few weeks ago that said, Spence is ducking Ugas, and so the WBA made that tournament so Spence wouldn't have to fight Ugas. That's what I kept getting these messages about. Now it's always ducking Bud. Well, wait, I thought it's the same people sending me these messages. So I thought that he was ducking Ugas, even though Ugas, not to repeat myself, but Ugas 
was the one who tweeted that he already had a signed contract to fight uh, to fight Spence. So it's it's just whatever they want to listen to. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, and you know, in a couple of weeks, it'll be the opposite. I'll say something positive about Bud, and they'll be like, "What the fuck?" You know. Basically, this person's saying, and I'm not going to respond and go into it, but they just keep saying, Bud has done everything humanly possible to make this fight. And, uh, you know, we've gone down the path before, um, and they, they're saying he's, he's Spence's ducking Bud, you know. So, whatever. The humanly possible thing, if, if, you, if you really follow the facts when you say humanly possible, this is all I'll say on it. We don't know where the purse split drama actually stands. We know 60-40 was available. And I don't expect Crawford to come out and just say, yeah, man, I'll take that. I don't necessarily expect that. Remember when Canelo, because, you know, it's negotiations. Remember when Canelo's team came out and said, oh, dude, we'll – We'll do it at 150. We'll fight Mayweather at 150. So he pulled their card. He's like, all right, let's do 152. Now, is that the smartest thing to say is, yeah, man, I'll take it. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, and then they'll get the 80-20. Oh, he's going to 80-20 him. I don't, you know, on both sides, on both sides, I don't think they're going to go as extreme as sometimes they say. Porter could take what amounts to the B-side 60-40 55-45 to get that fight done, then, you know, if you don't think Crawford, if you think Crawford's worth more than 60-40, it can't be more than 50-50. And, you know, it is what it is. See, you got me talking about this. Goddamn, these men. The messages, more messages came in, so it got me going. I'm sorry. Let's stop. Let's stop about it. We got plenty of time to talk about that dumb shit. Um, oh, yeah. So the undercard. I don't know what the, the pay-per-view, February 5th. I don't know what the pay-per-view price is. I do know that Thurman Barrios, I do know it's going to be at the Mandalay, uh, you know, in Vegas. Um, Leo Santa Cruz is, is going to tune up. He's going to get a get-right fight. And then he fights. He the WBA basically said, hey, if you, uh, you want to come back to 126, come on back. Otherwise, we're going to, you know, because you can only go so long, then you got to drop the belt. So uh, the winner of uh, Lee Wood and Michael Conlon, they're fighting. Um, that's the mandatory for Leo Santa Cruz. So he's going to fight in February. They're going to fight. And then whoever wins that, I mean, in, assuming they take the fight, which I assume they would, Wood or Conlon is going to get a shot at Leo. Just, just if people don't uh, know that, that's the scenario. And since he's been out in his last time, you know, it's been over a year, and it was a vicious knockout, uh, and they already have this fight happening. They said, all right, you can get one fight, then you got to do your man though. So there you go. There's a little bit. Of um, oh, uh, this is actually, I think it was on ESPN. Maybe it's the plus. I think it's on ESPN on January 29th. Um, Conceso, is that what it was? Conceso, the, the guy who just fought Oscar Valdez, he's fighting, uh, Xavier Martinez. Xavier Martinez just, 
spot or just sign with top rank. Virgil Ortiz, a lot of people, you know, wanted to match him against this guy, that guy, Avenesian. He is actually going to fight Michael McKinson, who, and that's going to be – I can't remember the date on that. But that guy's like a defensive fighter. It, it, it's a style he hasn't faced. I know it's not going to get like a bunch of uh, people super pumped. Um, but I didn't think he was going to fight Crawford and whatnot and, and all that. You know what I mean? I didn't think that was going to be the case. Anyway, back to that Thurman Barrios. So Leo Santa Cruz is, is tuned up. But Abel Ramos and Jose Cito Lopez, sign me up. Like I said, I don't know what that undercut or what that pay-per-view is going to be the cost. But I'll gladly go to the theater if, it, if it's a full pay-per-view, you know, because – I don't mind, like we said, I wish it was on Fox. Um, but Ramos and, and Lopez is fire. And then Luis Neri, or Neri and Carlos Castro sign me up for that as well. I like that fight. Those are good. I like those for pay-per-view undercards. Now, I've already said my thought of the main event, but we're talking about the undercard. Benavides and David Lemieux, David, the Davids, are going to fight. That has been confirmed by the WBC. And this is what's funny. They, the WBC has the, the interim super middleweight. But why would you need to do an interim if the franchise technically isn't the WBC? See how the franchise is so stupid like that? Um, and I know he got the WBC on that vacant because, you know, Benavides is weight and he fought Yildrum for it. But shouldn't it be the full title since he's the franchise? The franchise counts no matter what weight class uh, Canelo's in, just for the people out there. And then we talked about this. This is February. I think it's tentative date, uh, February 12th, in the U.K., in London. Uh, Daniel Jacobs and John Ryder. Could be an interesting fight there. Um, oh, and then Rungbasai in Quatros too. That's going to be February 5th on the Jesse Vargas, Liam Smith, uh, that card at the Cosmo in Vegas. So that's an interesting fight, and that looks like it's good. So that's, that's you know, a good fight there. We're not going to go over it, but the fall schedule, or the fall, Jesus Christ, the winter schedule is starting to uh, heat up a little bit. It is starting to heat up a little bit. Okay. Um, it takes air. This is the boxing Twitter segment. It takes. Oh, that's right. It takes Errol Spence damn near a decade to unify in one division. Canelo did it in 11 months. And y'all, y'all say Canelo's ducking Benavides and Charlo. Well, to say almost a decade, that's like, why don't you just make a point? Just make a point. Just make a point. If you want to make a point, make a point. You can make the point you're trying to make, but to say it almost took them a decade, it's about to be 2022. Spence was in the 2012 Olympics. Was he supposed to start to unify the division? Oh, boy. Been watching – oh, God, this is the – this is. <laughs> I remember this tweet. Been watching boxing for over 30 years, by the way. Never seen a knockout like that since Rocky Four when Apollo died and everyone shit themselves because they knew it was dangerous. 
none of that after this because they knew it was fake and he was fine. I mean, this is his first tweet. Just seen the Jake Paul knockout. Sorry, more convinced in a dive than real. The way he falls, the lack of concern for Paul when you drop a boxer like that, you don't ignore that because it's, it could be dangerous. Dude, and then his, once again, make a point, dude. You can make a point. First of all, what did Marquez do? Did Marquez sit there and cuddle up on somebody? We rarely see a cuddle up. Now, do we see it? Yeah, we see it. Donaire and uh, Ryan Garcia did it earlier. Sometimes you see, like, like Ricky Hatton Pacquiao. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody's quiet in the room. It's awesome. And then you go, okay, he hasn't moved just yet. But to say you've been watching boxing for 30 years and you've never seen a knockout like that since Rocky IV when Apollo died and everyone shit themselves because they knew it was dangerous. You're using a movie. <laughs> Fighting Jake Paul is now athletes de- uh, de- is now how athletes declare bankruptcy without saying it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Casimiro did a better job exposing Inouye to the public while chilling in his hospital bed. The top rank is done in five months. So we can probably add that up more. Um, Jake Paul got the worst fight in the knockout of the year in the same fight. <laughs> That's pretty funny. While I, oh while hold on I can't read this short. While a lot of lot lot while a lot seem while a lot seem to be discussed discussing better be I cannot read while a lot seem to be discussing better be a let me take this opportunity to also say better be a would have stopped Ward. Just can't be fun. Just can't enjoy. You gotta always. Oh, he stopped his ass. This is what. This is. Let's do it. Seeing what Canadian fans are getting right now, the rest of the world may not have the right to complain about pay-per-view undercards ever again. Godspeed to our northern boxing fight friends. That was John uh, with that undercard fight that we talked about. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. Callum Smith in my opinion, is the best light heavyweight in the world. I'd even, at a push, I'd even at a push say Smith, Canelo, is totally different. You got to win. It's got to be like a seven to five fight and be like, oh, I was drained, you know? Like, you can't lose pretty much every round and be like, dude, oh, my God. Like, if this was a 75, dude, it'd be a totally different fight. That's just some fanboy stuff right there. All right. Let's uh, let's get on there. Happy holiday. Whatever you celebrate or you don't celebrate, that's fine. That's great, too. That's phenomenal, actually. No problem. Anyway, I do want to uh, wish everybody a happy holiday. Hope everybody's doing okay, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that.